It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. Coronavirus is in the news. How's it going to infect or impact the tech industry? What's going to happen to conferences? And what kind of masks should I buy? We'll, we'll also talk about the deep fake between Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and what Twitter's doing to ban Mike Bloomberg bots. It's all coming up next on Twit. This Week in Tech comes to you from Twit's LastPass Studios. Securing every access point in your company doesn't have to be a challenge. LastPass unifies access and authentication to make securing your employees simple and secure. Check out lastpass.com slash twit to know more. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twit, This Week in Tech, episode 759, recorded Sunday, February 23rd, 2020. Never gonna give you up. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Zapier. Zapier connects all your business software and handles the work for you so you can focus on what matters most. Right now, through the end of the month, go to zapier.com slash twit for your free 14-day trial. And by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage. Thinking about moving your data storage to the cloud? Wasabi's enterprise-class cloud storage at one-fifth the price of Amazon S3 and faster than the competition with no fees for egress or API requests and no complex storage tiers. Your business may be unpredictable. Your data costs shouldn't be. Start a free trial at wasabi.com. Enter the code TWIT. And by Cashfly. Give your users the seamless online experience they deserve. Power your site or app with Cashfly CDN and be 30% faster than the competition. Learn more at twit.cashfly.com. And by LastPass. Reused passwords are compromising the security of businesses worldwide. LastPass will ensure that your employees are using passwords securely by generating strong passwords for them. Visit lastpass.com twit to learn more. Well, everybody, it's time for Twit, the big show where we talk about the week's tech news. This week in tech, Lori Gill is joining us. Normally, Lori's at MacBreak Weekly, but we thought it'd be fun to get somebody with pink hair on the show today. <laughs> the managing editor at iMore. Great to see you again, Lori. Thank you. Great to be a here. A real pleasure. Lori says she sang in her punk band last night, so <laughs> she might be a little hoarse, a little froggy. Yeah. But I'll tell you why we felt we needed you, Lori, because... We have the pink hair, we have the blue beard, and I just wanted a color <laughs> parody here. Owen J.J. Stone, who looks like Papa Smurf tonight. Uh, Owen, is that a real beard or is that, uh, what is that, Brillo? I, I bleed twit, Uncle Leo. This, oh. is, this is oozing out of my body. I, I can't stand it, Uncle Leo. It's just coming all out of my Ew. face. It's great to have you, IQMZ.com. And Dan Morin is here, a legendary uh, Macintosh journalist and podcaster from SixColors.com. It's always a pleasure to have you on as well, Dan. Thanks. Very good. I, I'll represent the six colors rather than the uh, any colors on my hair or anything. I don't <laughs> yeah, have any. Yeah. Don't know, boring they, today. We have, we have two and a half colors. <laughs> Something like that. Um are you located in the where are you located are you here in the bay area or no i'm in boston actually. boston okay you yeah. also do uh, clockwise with our friend micah Sargent. uh mm -hmm. you do the rebound inconceivable the incomparable 
from Somerville, Massachusetts, weighing in at 102 pounds, Dan <laughs> Morin. Oh, that sounds good. I've lost some weight then. <laughs> Great to have you. So we were talking uh, before the show. In fact, I'm going to take the interview that we did with uh, Dr. Mom. I was curious. We know that there are a lot of conferences coming up, and I've been reading articles saying the world should prepare because it's probable that the coronavirus, now named COVID-19, will be a pandemic, that they have not been able to contain it. Not a reason to panic by any means, but but a lot of companies are reconsidering the tech conference thing. And so there's a number of stories uh, about, well, Sam uh, Sony is backing out of PAX East. We already know Mobile World Congress, Congress was canceled. Uh, Sony and Facebook say they won't go to the Game Developers Conference. IBM, has a, a platinum sponsor of the RSA conference this week in San Francisco, has pulled out. Uh, it seems as if a lot of companies uh, are taking this coronavirus very seriously. And there will be, we already know, probably a financial hit to Apple and others uh, because of manufacturing issues in China with COVID-19. Apple uh, shares dropped 2.6%. Although, honestly, if you're an Apple stockholder, you're probably taking any opportunity you can <laughs> <laughs> to do a little uh, little uh, profit uh, taking just because the price is uh, up 80% over this year so far. I mean, it's year over year. It's amazing what's been going on. It's just a temper. Look at that blip. Little drop here, but man. Um, it, you know, Dr. Mom gave us a little, uh, and we'll give you the rundown on uh, on what to do to protect yourself. The short answer is wash your hands a lot. Try not to touch your face. Uh, if you can get an N95 mask, and they are widely sold out, it might be worth, uh, you know, getting one. Uh, but do go. You you recommended the CDC site, uh, Lori Gill, where they tell you which N95 masks really will protect you. So not all will. Just N95. Yeah, apparently, apparently, yeah. there's little little additions, not just N95, but there's a couple of tag numbers at the end that you want to look out for too, which is why Leo, you noticed it was so hard to find those specific ones. Those are really, really expensive if you even have the opportunity to buy one that and, that's come up. And Dan, you just said, you said something that kind of depresses me that the the, the carnival is being canceled in Venice. Yeah, I think they canceled that. And I mean, there's obviously a bunch of other events. I heard this morning, I think there were some Italy has sort of the biggest number of cases in Europe yeah. right now, which is yeah. one of the reasons Venice is one and Milan was uh, another one. Wow. Uh, and it's a little surprising because they're both unconnected, too. So like that's it's this is the thing we're going to see more and more. Right. And I think that's what's interesting about seeing how companies react to it is because this is the first example of it. But it's certainly not going to be the last. So watching all these companies pull out of conferences and watching cities cancel major events, I think, you know, you're going to see a lot of effects from these types of things going forward. It also is an opportunity for entrepreneurs here <laughs> on Indiegogo. This is just in time for Venice. This carnival is a plague doctor N95 mask. If you honestly, if you wore that on the streets, I think you'd be assaulted. I just think it looks scary as hell. <laughs> people leave you alone, maybe, and that's. I was going to say you're not you're you're going to be the one assaulting people if you're wearing that. You're never going to have anyone approach you to bother you at all oh, wearing that mask. So terrifying at all. And by the time you get it, it it's probably too late. So, um, but you have it for the next pandemic. For so the next pandemic, that's right. You'll be right. You said, Owen, that you have a go bag. 
Yes. What's a go bag? Uh Go bag is in case of zombies, apocalypse, the world falling down, people catching Coco Venus. I have a bag that I could take with me and my kid when we hit the road to our secret bunker to go hang out and live. <laughs> Wait a you not only have a go bag, assistance. you have a secret bunker? I personally do not. I oh. have a very wealthy friend that has a kidding. has one. You have an invite? I have two invites, depending if I'm on the West Coast or on the East Coast. I have two places I can go to. Can you hook a, a Lucky. can you hook a friend up here? You know, you probably know twelve people that have them. You just haven't talked about it because you think it's a joke. But I'm sure you know wealthy enough people that they have them I out bet there. You're right. I bet really, you Jason Calacanis has. I, I'm guaranteeing Jason has one. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting that on the books. But right now. I'm going to say, if you have. A secret bunker. One of the keys is not to tell anybody. <laughs> well, again, Se secret so is operative. Is yeah. Secret. It's the same thing I say about how come we're not going to Mars. Okay. First of all, you need people that are useful. All these rich people think they're going to Mars. We're going to go to do tweet and build a new Twitter. No, you need engineers, um, uh, laborers, plumbers. You need people that actually do work. So if you find yourself useful, then you could get into a secret bunker. Now, whether that usefulness is money or other skills, I have no skill skills that anybody would want in a secret bunker. I could podcast. Do you need? Do you need a podcaster? You could put in a bunker. Uh, no, actually. <laughs> See that? I, you sit here in the separate can... bunker, right outside. <laughs> yeah, you go yes. with the telephone sanitizers and the insurance salesman over there. Wait a minute. I feel like we're going somewhere really dark with this. It is dark. I'm scared. <laughs> Isn't this a part of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yes. where the Earth was populated hey, it, by, by the dumb people who were laborers? <laughs> Good catch. Good catch. You're exactly just right. Just in case. Hey, hey, I'm just saying, you know, I, I, zombies happen. The Coco Venus is out here. I, even though like, I don't worry about this stuff every couple of years there's something where everybody's dying and i'm supposed to be afraid where i'm like dude people die in car accidents every day people out here on heroin and, and addicted to drugs the world is a beautiful horrible you, place you don't think and this is a, to, a, like um a bernie sanders conspiracy to get all the rich people in a bunker <laughs> and then just be, say okay lock them in and now <laughs> the world is a better place if that, if that was the case, we just—I would say everybody can go to Mars. We just put people on ships and blast That's them up in space and see what they, what they can make out and of then, it. And then, sad to say, the entire population is wiped out by a virus they caught from the telephone. So <laughs> we're going to be—we're going to be just fine, Uncle Lee. If we survive the plague with no medicine, no technology, no science, no geniuses, we'll—we'll we'll, we'll get past this too. Should Apple uh, investors be worried? I mean, they've had a huge run-up over the last uh, 12 months. Warren Buffett sold off $800 million worth of his Apple stock last quarter. I mean, certainly that he didn't know coronavirus was coming. I, I don't the, think there's a reason for them to worry about it. Honestly. I mean, and Buffett, you know, it's more interesting to look at how much Apple stock he still he owns. He still has a ton. Which I think is in billions. Yeah. yeah. And so that's a pretty small billion. amount for him. Holy cow. Yeah, so Se that's a small billion. percentage you know, even with Apple revising its its quarterly earnings, like, you know, they estimated sixty three million dollars in revenue next quarter. If they miss that and they only get sixty billion dollars in revenue, is that really the end of the world for them? I don't think so. I don't think I think what's interesting about it for them is between this and the relations they've had with China and the problems they've had with that over the last year in terms of like the social aspects. I think it's pointing out to them how much of a weak link it is, the fact that they've centralized so much in China. Like they need to consider diversifying their operations for assembly and all of that 
to more places around the world because they can have a situation where a pandemic breaks out and a whole bunch of their facilities have to get shut down, which could impact their bottom line. So I, I think that's interesting going forward is just trying to figure out how are you going to deal with these kinds of situations when you put so many eggs in that basket? The ver- Dan, you, you, go you've got a lot like that. That's so true. There's the, the problem I think that we're seeing right now is that two years in a row, Apple has had an issue where um, being so centrally located in China has negatively affected their finances. They a year ago they had something happen. They they talked about how they were diversifying. We didn't see that happen fast enough. And now a second year something else has happened where there's so, too much centralized, um, you know, stuff happening specifically in China, and they didn't diversify where they go for supplies and and even just building up their you know pe- people who are buying things. So I think at this point it is starting to frighten investors a little because they're not acting on that. They didn't act on it a year ago. And like if if Apple, you know, wants to make them feel better and make make the investors feel a little safer, they will actively go out and diversify more right. with more effort so that. They won't have to, you know, adjust their guideline if something big happens. They'll just say, oh, everything's fine with us. We've got things all over the country or all over the world. It's not going to be if something negative happens in China, that's not going to affect us. Tariffs won't affect us. You know, drops in the economy aren't going to affect us. That's what they need to do. Have they diversified sufficiently? I guess not. So two things about the diversification. One, it's hard to diversify when you have a labor force that works for negative money and putting them in other places around the globe. So that's the first thing, finding another place that can make these products at the price that China makes these prices at, which keeps your investors happy. Second thing I like to just point out is if you're a regular person, now's the time to buy a couple of Apple stocks and to buy <laughs> yeah. the sub chains of their subsidiaries, okay? Because not only is Apple going down, but the place where Apple gets their chips, their uh, memory cards, their glass, everywhere, all those places are taking a hit because they're losing out right now. So if you got a little bit of money to spread around, now's the time to buy, buy, buy. This would be a good yeah, <clears throat> moment for me to say none of us know what the hell we're talking about. And if you exactly, make investments yeah. based on any recommendations you hear on our shows, good luck. Yeah. And that being, and that being I, said, I think Apple in general is a safe bet on... Again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I'm the guy who told my dad uh, five or six... when After Steve Jobs died, so it was uh, nine years ago, oh, sell your Apple stock. Apple's not going anywhere. And every Thanksgiving yeah. in, since... In the tank. Yeah, it's called, Apple's going to tank. You should sell that stock cash in on the all the money you've made every thanksgiving he he tells me and i didn't do it ha ha (laughs) (laughs) sorry dad i think owen Owen makes great point too the other issue there is like volume right apple makes so many devices just millions upon millions of devices moving their supply chain from one place to another is a huge challenge right like finding not only the labor force but also the facilities that are available to produce these kinds of things in the huge scale that they needed to be produced that's almost impossible so like even to Lori's point like this being a problem a year ago a year is not enough time for them to ramp up these kinds of production lines because of the fact that they're so deeply invested in china so it's going to be a gradual process and in some ways they're unlucky that they got hit two years in a row by these very specific locate events but yeah we're talking about you know a 60 billion dollar company though i think you can throw money at it to make it go faster i do agree with you to a certain extent but like 
yeah, there's still the, there's still limitations in terms of like the factories just because China has made such a huge part of their economy, mm-hmm. creating these places where they can build all of these things and having these gigantic labor forces. And other <laughs> countries have not invested as much in that Thanks. yet. And so Apple can throw money around, but even so, there's just physical limitations. But let's not forget, I mean, Apple has done this already once. They did it in 2007 when they introduced the iPhone. They actually built an amazing – I mean, it's not like all this stuff existed before Apple came along and said, let's build the iPhone. They had to invent machines. They had to create a supply chain. This is why Tim Cook is now the CEO of Apple. He created an amazing supply chain. Okay, maybe it took them, what, 10 years? Probably didn't even take them 10 years, five years. Do you, uh, is there evidence to say that they're doing that now? Are they starting to look at, you know, Samsung did not get bit because they'd moved their production to Vietnam some time ago in South Korea. Well, uh, you also have to figure that people, again, smarter than us are looking at it and I saying, I would hope. Yeah. Well, can we can we weather this storm? What is the cost of building a whole new infrastructure as opposed to riding this wave out? Okay, right. so that might be another reason why they're that not seems just to me a dumb thing to do. Money. Just because, okay, so this wave you ride yeah, out, than us. but then there's going to be another. Well, not necessarily, Owen. We're smart. <laughs> Leo's than, pretty smart. We're pretty Leo's smart. Pretty smart. <laughs> you just I mean, called yourself a podcaster twenty minutes ago. I know, I'm well, not listening. I'm and you told your father to dump a stock. I'm, I'm not smart for a right podcaster. <laughs> I'm, it's a small. <laughs> it's a low bar. You're I'm from just Pee-wee saying. You heard to Albert Einstein in thirty seconds on yourself. What we do? <laughs> Cherry. Uh, so the idea would be, it seems to me, diversify. You know, we always say diverse. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, Samsung is going to benefit from this because they're cranking out. I mean, admittedly, you know, it's the S20 and the Z Flip. By the way, I canceled my Z Flip. What? Yeah. Oh, Leo. Yeah. Well, I wanted to see that so bad. I was so miffed because I ordered it within a minute or two of the, you know, midnight Eastern time and I couldn't get it. And then I went into the Best Buy and they, that I ordered it from. They said, "Yeah, we had two, so two people beat me." And then I said, "Well, all right, ship it to me." And it was, and I canceled it Friday because it's like they still haven't shipped it. You breathe on it and it breaks. Yeah, and that's the other thing. <laughs> By the time I get it and review it, no one will care. Yeah, no one will I care. Love, I, I wanted that razor so bad, and I watched like yeah. a stress test and a drop test. I got anxiety in my heart knowing that I was about to put out fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> or something. And I, 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 like, if I put it in my pocket. And I turn the wrong way. I got issues. So I, I got an I, I got an old razor here. I'll sell you for a thousand. <laughs> Jerry rig so everything. I think Jerry yeah, rig everything. Kind of kind of put the kibosh on it after. But I didn't plan to take an exacto knife or pointed things to my screen. But it did look like it wasn't the most durable screen. Ever. And but then Sam- it folds in half so you don't have to worry about that. It's, right. it's self-protecting. Don't talk me into it. No, the outside <laughs> has a touch screen and it's glass. And you, can- I-, I saw a drop test on it. It shattered into a billion pieces. And it's just, <laughs> and you can't cover it. Like, I can't protect it with something. I need- no, there are cases for it. There are cases. So, but more it comes point, with a case like, in the know, box. Uh, you, you, how many times, okay, you, you know, 10 years ago when we all had flip phones, you didn't mind pulling out of your pocket and flip it to send the occasional text or make the occasional call. How many times you pull your phone out of your pocket these days? You want to have to flip the thing open every single okay, time? Okay, I like you, Dan, yeah, more. You're talking so me out of it. That sounds so satisfying. That sounds wonderful <laughs> to oh, me. Especially when you hang that. up on somebody and you go, bum, <laughs> and then it shatters into a million pieces. Oh, here, go, we here we go. Here we go. Now they know. I just get, get over here and I'm, I'm up. That's your billfold. 
That's a classic Merlin man. It's move a Merlin there. man yeah, talking yeah. into his billfold, yeah. baby. What are we doing out here? Look how you flip it, though. You look so cool. <laughs> I love you so much for lying to me like that. That sounds so good. <laughs> just, uh, I appreciate you. <laughs> so there, uh, Trend Force issued a report on what the COVID-19 outbreak could do to tech manufacturing. Uh, smartphone production, they project 12% decline this quarter. Uh, the supply chain is uh, labor-intensive, so having people out sick, obviously, is going to cause not only a shortage in the phones, but all of the upstream components like camera modules. So it's going to take a while to recover there. Several fiber optic suppliers are based in Wuhan, the, uh, the locus, the epicenter of the coronavirus. Uh, that's 25% of global production. That could impact 5G because 5G is going to require, in many cases, fiber optics. The flash and DRAM market, no, uh, because uh, there are... Uh, companies making them in Vietnam and Singapore and South Korea, and they're also highly automated. Oh, the robots don't get in COVID-19. No, they don't. Video game console manufacturing has been heavily hit, but next-generation production should not be impacted uh, since the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X aren't launching till the holiday quarter, and so there'll be time to make the... You know, they, they don't sell that many of those. Smartwatches, laptop PCs, and smart speakers will see the biggest decline in previous forecasts. Smartwatches, 16%. So there are some uh, sectors that are going to be hit worse than others. But, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll recover, right? It's so, so what? You can't get the phone for another month or two, right? I think there's a there's a coming and going aspect to it, too. I mean, when, when Apple talked about revising their forecast, part of it was not only the production aspect, but the fact that they had to close all their stores in China. Yeah. And China is a huge market. For right. Them. So any company that's doing business in China right now, you know, they're going to take some hits from that. And then the question is, if this continues to expand more globally, are other cities and other countries going to follow the, you know, the playbook that China set out and close down a bunch of these stores in other countries, thus killing, you know, some brick and mortar retail. So there's, there's definitely a consumer impact as well as just the production side. Well, since I've got Dan and, and Lori here and they both cover the, uh, the Apple uh, space, let's um, talk about whatever this next phone that Apple, the rumor is now March 31st. Is that credible that Apple will have an event to announce this $400 successor to the iPhone SE is that about yeah right? if if it's an Apple if there will be an Apple event March 31st makes the most sense I think um they they traditionally will have it the last Tuesday of the month um so that that fits right into the narrative of when they would have it for sure yeah and yeah, I agree Dan how much has the coronavirus impacted that I mean that's probably what those factories were making yeah, there's the possibility of that. I think what's likely is that since Apple already said in their in their guidance that they'll be constrained on the iPhone, it's likely that if they are sort of ramping this, that there will be short supply of it in the first place. There's there's an open question of what the demand is going to look like, though. There are certainly a lot of pent up demand from people looking for a cheaper iPhone. And smaller. So I think that is a potential risk. Yeah, cheaper wants and smaller, smaller, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that is a risk because I think you'll be looking at maybe just it's going to take more, you know, there'll be a few weeks ship times will slip pretty quickly and it will take a little while for them. But I, I don't think it necessarily will push back them announcing it. I think they want to hit that March date just for not only okay. that, but whatever else they have in the pipeline. Yeah. 
And you can hit the launch and the pre-order and then get that first wave out like they always do and then tell mm-hmm. you that the next wave is going to take a month to get to you or whatever they want to do. But then they can actually judge what the market's going to be like. And you got to figure they were already pumping out these phones before this happened. They're not just making these phones a month before they announced them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So these yeah. phones have already probably been in production if they planned on having a March launch on them. Right. And they're going to want to under-promise and over-deliver right. rather than the yes. other way around. Right. That's like, how they do it. Like the Z Flip. <laughs> well, I know I know this phone's going to sell like hotcakes, not just because it's cheaper, but just because I personally in the world see so many people with small phones and it annoys me. And I ask them why. And it's just because they can't deal with a bigger phone. Well, and I'm like, fun. you are living in 1980 right now and I cannot hold this thing in my hand. But they love a small phone. So I think this thing is going to sell like hotcakes for a lot of people. It's it's not even that much smaller, though. I mean, it's basically going to look a lot like the probably the 8, the iPhone 8 uh, in terms of size, which is smaller than the, the 10 and the 11. But, but it's not, not as small as the SE. Not like, right. The SE was way smaller. Yeah. I don't Dan's, think they're going SE was, was SE 4-inch? Yeah. What do you got? Look at the size of that. That's hey, Grandma. Look at this oh, thing. Look at this thing. It's so easy to hold in my hand. I love it so much. Which fo- which model is that? <laughs> the SE. That's the old SE. Okay. It's so nice. Yeah, it looks just I like an it. iPhone 5, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm over here working right. with the new yeah. iPhone. I don't I don't know what you're talking about that small so I need something <laughs> that just, you yeah. know, just dominates it's a banana phone. That's, right. that's, huh? that's a candy bar phone. You don't, you don't like the Come new on. Oh, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> My mistake. Anyway. I wish I had an iPhone Car- 8 on. in front of me to show the difference between the two because it's like it's again bigger. when we talk about small, I'm thinking of that 4-inch form factor, so I'm thinking yes. that size. So when people say the iPhone 9, if, if you want to call it that, is the smaller phone, I'm completely in a disagreement. Dan, you've, you've, you are right down my pathway where this is not the small phone. This is the same size as the iPhone 8. That's not a small phone. That's, it, that's, that's a huge phone. It's like a 4.7. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's way too big. <laughs> At some point you're going to get aged out, though. You're going to have to do it. No, and and that's true. That I, actually, my my standard phone is an iPhone 11 Pro, and I've talked okay. about this before. And um, Renee Ricci is actually the one that pointed out to me that that size phone, the four inch phone, <clears throat> that it can't handle the processors that are now being made for these faster phones. So, if you wanted a four inch phone, you would have to have a um, a, a, a series chip that's three or four years old right. because that size can't handle that capacity. So Apple's not going to make a phone that small anymore. They're just not going to do it. It's too, the technology that goes inside it would be too old. Nobody wants that. So, I don't want an iPhone SE that has technology from five years ago. I want an iPhone SE. You want it to look like it. You want it to look yeah. like five years ago, but work like today. And and that's not going to happen. So until you're the you know, Emily technology... Dickinson of iPhones, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, they say the rumor is that it'll be an A13, the current A A model uh, processor in this new iPhone. So they just couldn't make it small because is it heat? Is it or is it just the physical size of the chip? The the um, processor would just burn out the phone. The processor is too strong to like handle. It's too much, um, man. You can't the, the handle phone, the phone. The phone can't handle it, and it would just it would wow. the phone would just kind of blank out. It would just crash on you all the time because I assume battery it. capacity battery capacity would probably be an issue too, right? You need that extra space yep. to fit in those higher power batteries Good to power point. not only the processor but the screen and everything else that goes in there. So there is a physical space limitation for that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, my hope though is that someday. 
the guts of phone technology will be advanced enough that we can go back to smaller phones and just have faster processors and stronger batteries that are smaller so that we can have that small phone again. That's my hope someday. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting, too, because like there was, you know, I think back to like the 80s and the 90s and miniaturization was the trend for so long. Right. Especially with the advent of microprocessors. And it seems like now we've moved away from that on that arc. And so eventually we have to wait to get back to the point where <laughs> we can miniaturize yeah. everything once well, we're again. We're trying to do we so much. We've got multiple GPU cores in this thing. We've got I mean, this these are much more complicated chips. And then, of course, there's radios. I mean, Think about well, that, it. It well, is miniature. This is a supercomputer yeah. oh, yeah. in my pocket. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but I mean, yeah. to, be, to be honest, they're they're overdoing it to, at some point. Like, there's no R and D in reverse engineering to make things smaller now because you're making a phone that's got 16 gigs of RAM in it for what? Like, what are you really doing on your phone and on a Samsung everything. S20 that you need everything. 16 and 30? No, you're not doing everything. That's I'm the doing point. Everything. Most people are taking pictures of cats. And you're, when's the last time you edited a video? I on can there have. A terabyte of cat pictures on my phone. But you don't, though. You don't. You, I might. you bump it off to the club. Nobody uses that stuff, but we just keep pumping them in there. And I'm like, why are we doing that? Because you got to sell it. And it's just so annoying because why? And greed. And we got to do it. Anyway, I'm sorry for complaining. But I mean, we don't need this, man. We don't need it. All right. I just need to tweet and text and, 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 and videotape my kid sliding on a skateboard or something. I don't know. Back to that flip well, phone again. There you go. There we go. I should have bought. <laughs> you, now I should have bought that, the Z Flip. I'm killing myself. You need that battery power for your go bag, though. So you oh, know, true. You gotta have that. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Our show today brought to you. We got a great panel. Thank you for being here. Bluebeard himself, O Doctor Owen J J Stone, Arr. is in the house. R. He literally, folks. If if most people listen, so they don't know. Just imagine. <laughs> How can I describe this? It looks like a Brillo pad strapped to your chin, and it's bright blue. It's twit blue. Yes. Yes. Only you can prevent <laughs> forest fires. <I'm> <laughs> I don't. I can't. I, I can't. Uh, Lori Gill. Beautiful. <laughs> Lori, it's beautiful. Lori Gill, the it's lady beautiful. with the pink hair. I love says, this color. Man, I feel like I'm living in a different world. I feel you are, like Leo. Emily Dickinson right now. Come on, Boomer. Yeah. Okay, Boomer. Okay. Dan Morin's also here. It's great to have you all. Uh, we do this show uh, on uh, Sunday afternoons with a lovely studio audience visiting us from France, from Australia, and uh, some other places. I have it written down. Milwaukee from Mark and uh, Ray's visiting from Minneapolis. So we got people from all over the country visiting us thank you for being here in the studio with us our show today brought to you by zapier i am so in love with zapier now it's gotten to the point where when i use a new app or tool i first before i even get into it i say do you have zapier integration zapier lets me automate the things i do over and over again so that i can still do them over and over again but with no effort and man, it works so well. There are over 2,000 apps that you can connect with. If you're in business, everything from emails to spreadsheets to CRM. Got a home automation system? Yes. Uh, I use it for uh, our shows all the time to build our, uh, our rundowns. I use Zapier to bookmark, to tweet, and to put it into a Google Docs spreadsheet so Carson could put it in the show rundown. And it happens automatically. Four and a half million people who use Zapier. And on average, 
They save 40 hours a month. 40 hours a month, they don't have to do anything because they're using Zapier. And you don't have to be a developer to use Zapier. It's easy. Just connect the apps you use. Connect your business software. If you're in sales, you engage leads instantly, automatically import new customers. You can notify your team about opportunities. Zapier is unique in another way. It supports multi-step apps. So multiple things can happen with a single trigger. That's very, very cool. Very, very cool. You want to try it? We got a two-week trial for you, but you got to hurry right now through the end of the month. If you go to zapier.com slash twit, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com slash twit, you can, uh, you can try it free for two weeks. Zapier.com slash twit. I get an email every month from Zapier or every week from Zapier saying, we've saved you so many hours. It's so cool. You're going to love it. And don't be intimidated. It's not programming. It's much, much simpler. You can build the exact solution you need in minutes. No code, no developer necessary. You'll feel powerful. Take Zapier to work and make more time to grow your business. Take Zapier home and have your lights come on and wild things happen. Right now through the end of the month, try Zapier free for two weeks. Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com. Slash twit, Z A P I E R dot com slash twit. We thank Zapier for an amazing product. The, oh, now I know why I can't get the, Carson just put a story in. Now I know why I can't get the Z Flip. That factory's closed. Whoops. Now I know. Joe, were so you I, just saying that I Samsung was, was yes, in the clear? <laughs> I was just saying they were in the clear. An employee in the division that's in charge of smartphone production tested positive for coronavirus, so they've shut the factory down and this is in south korea this is not in china might reopen on monday oh that's bad news the shutdown's impact expected to be minimal <laughs> i guess if nobody's buying it that's what i was about to say i didn't want to say it because it sounds rough but i'm like oh now this is the problem why you didn't get your phone i'm like four people wanted this phone and they were the four people that did reviews and dropped it on concrete I know. Nobody bought this phone. I was mad because, like, all the YouTubers got theirs. That's yeah, and they had to send them back. Yeah, that's true. I wanted one <laughs> to keep. Uh, AirPods, you can't get those either, can you? I don't know that's if that's related. Been the case. That's just oh. always been that way, right? Yeah, yeah. it's been since the Air – you mean AirPods Pro, right? The Pros. Since, since its launch, it's just it's been behind. Well – Behind on I don't want to make this an all-Apple show. Uh, it's apples and viruses together. But I do, I, as long as we're talking, I, I saw that weird Target post. Some uh, Target employee posted pages from a Target inventory system that showed a bunch of new X products, uh, including AirPods X generation. What do you guys think? When I looked at that, I thought, that's, uh, fake, news. that's, just, that's fake news. Yeah, well, I, I'm, no, I'm so, skeptical for sure. Okay, we got I, I two. Think, we got a fake news. Dan, you're skeptical. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's no secret that Apple's been working on other versions of the AirPod, and they would be crazy not to. Like, like Laura just said, they've been backordered basically since they came out. Like, there is a clearly huge demand for their People wireless like headphones. Yeah. They, sales are great, right? So why not expand that? Because the biggest issue with AirPods for a lot of people is that they're not the right fit or they're not the right, they're not comfortable. So if they're talking, you know, there's been a lot of rumors that they oh, would be using tips? things like, yeah, or possibly an over-the-over-the-ear set, like more like yeah. a studio set of headphones. Okay. And obviously Beats make some of those now, but certainly something Apple with Apple Beats. branding, 
Right. Yeah, exactly. But it's certainly something with the Apple branding. I they think dye them white. Even just draw more Bingo, people. Bingo, AirPods. Yeah, there you go. X. So I'm not surprised that there Rose might gold. be something coming. I don't buy the name. That's the other thing. Well, oh, and then right. there was these. Yeah. There were these images following shortly uh, thereafter. Apple TV Gen X, Apple Watch Series X band, uh, Apple iPod Touch X. So, Lori, you believe it? Well, I mean, I, it doesn't seem out of the question. So I don't look at that and go, oh, this is definitely fake. I look at this and go, well, a March event is coming. Apple always releases new watch bands in March. Um, TV Plus is something that they're really trying to promote. So putting out a new Apple TV, just an, a bumped generation version, nothing special. Makes sense to me that, that that would be called out at a March event or maybe at WWDC. Just an update, you know, nothing crazy. And new AirPods. So the price on that one is what kind of throws me off because I do believe that we're going to see a third generation AirPods coming out maybe maybe by this fall. Just that makes sense. They're just kind of, you know, making it a little better, doing a little changes here and there. That's why we're hearing about AirPods Lite, whatever that is, AirPods Pro Lite, which I don't think is true. I think it's just a third generation AirPods. Um, but the price of that looks more like an over-the-ears thing. But... <clears throat> Beats also hasn't put out a new version of Studio Pro with the H1 chip. So this could be called Apple AirPods Generation X, but what it really might be is the new generation of the um, Beats Studio Pro. I hope I have that right. Um, they, their naming scheme is so hard for me to remember. It's their over-the-ears um, Pro uh, noise-canceling headphones that, for Beats. So that could be the new generation that's going to have the H1 chip. We know that's coming. It just hasn't come out yet. So these, to me, all line up with, like, potentially, yes, that's, this could be what's coming in March or maybe by WWDC. So that's if, my thought. First of all, they're not going to use X. So no. Oh, no, no. I think place X must just be a place. placeholder. Yeah. And it yeah. feels to me, I don't think these are like photoshopped. It feels to me like they're real, but it's, I mean, it's the target inventory system. Somebody just put in a bunch of dummy entries. I, I, I said fake news because I saw that Apple uh, logo on the over the ear headphones, and I'm like, there's that's no way fake. they're going to. Well, yeah. oh, that's, that's, well, that's, well, that's well no, smart. Josh. Yeah. That's uh, uh, that, he put it right on there. That was, that's not. It's a mock up. It, that's what that was. Yeah. It was a mock up. It right. says right on gotcha. He's not trying to claim but, that this yeah. was an actual image. He's just saying, okay. this was the image that I that I created as a mock up just to um, give you an idea of what it might look like. Yeah, I just agree so. with. I agree with Lori that like there are there's enough here that works in terms of things like I think the watch bands like you know they they roll out new colors every spring right That's, they've we been know they're going to do that I think that makes yeah. yeah exactly so this stuff does line up well with that March event the the TV one is the one that I have the biggest question mark about because I think although I think Lori's like logic for that is spot on I think that product is such a weird place for them to be right now just because it is so much more expensive than any competing product it's two hundred bucks. Roughly. Right. And, they've, and because they've been putting their Apple TV Plus app on all the other platforms. Including other people's compelling. TVs. Yeah. Yeah. TVs, Roku, yeah. you know, Amazon Fire TV. You can get a device that will stream that content much cheaper than an Apple TV, you know, box will do for you. So but, I'm, but I'm now curious about that. But now gaming system too, that with that new gaming five ninety nine yeah. a month. Arcade. Games. Because their last mm -hmm. one had a gaming component to where you could play games on it. They might have something that's a little bit beefier for that if they find that people are actually be, right? paying for their yeah. arcade. Mm -hmm. Something with that maybe. Yeah. And just like a little spec bump, which is why, the, you know, it's not a revolutionary brand new product that's cheaper or something like that. They're successful with Apple TV, the, with the box itself. 
um, not as successful as Roku or something that's much less expensive, but they're successful enough. So until they come up with the completely new set-top box or maybe dongle or, or you know, streaming stick or something, they're just going to give a spec book here and there and just kind of say, if you were waiting to buy an Apple TV because you were waiting for a spec bump, well, we just gave you one, so just go buy that now and start watching TV Plus and playing Apple Arcade on it. It makes a lot of sense to me that they would just kind of you know, appease the masses in that way. I, I actually waited way longer than I needed to because I was hoping that they would put out a new Apple TV with even just a minor spec bump, and they never did. So finally, in like last December, I just upgraded to the 4K. I had the 1080p one, and I just upgraded to the 4K just because I was tired of waiting around. So this probably appeals to people like me. It was like just, yeah, let's give it to them, and then we'll have something bigger later. But for now, here's this. Yeah, and if you think that you get a free Apple TV Plus year, it kind of cuts the price in half. Mm -hmm. If that's the only way you can get it, if you didn't buy an iPhone or an uh, Apple computer or something in the last I've year. I've still yet to watch anything on Apple TV. It's crappy. Don't, don't, don't waste free. your money. I, there was, uh, no, it's free to me. I still haven't done it, and it's free. And I still yeah. haven't looked at anything. Yeah, on. I bought Disney I Plus, I or I got it free with Verizon, and I have I, I tried to watch mandalorian and i i didn't even get to the baby yoda part before i gave up so oh leo i don't think that hurts me that anymore. hurts me i couldn't i didn't <laughs> I get to recap. i didn't get I to did, the witcher in the bathtub scene podcast. either i yeah. feel like i'm i just i don't have a i have a short attention span how soon does baby yoda show up like the end of this, the first episode the end, yeah, <laughs> like a half hour really, episode really leo, come on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seriously i got about 15 minutes in lisa and i looked at each other and go this is for kids and we went and watched something else uh, I know I'm bad. I'm a bad man. I am not part of the uh, Star Wars generation. In fact, God, I feel so terrible. Did you see the Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos deep fake? Have you seen this yet? Haven't seen it. Have not seen it. Um, can I? Karsten is my uh, new conscience. No, I can't no, show it. No, I'm sorry. Oh, it's who's so gonna, cool? It's so cool. Who's going to get mad at me for this? You should describe it really well because it is so Well, who cool. owns the right? I'm not playing the, I won't play the audio. I don't know who owns the rights, but. but. Nobody's going to, nobody who makes deep fakes is going to take us off YouTube. All right. Okay. <laughs> don't play the audio. I won't play the audio because that is owned by Paramount. Oh. So this is uh, this is the menagerie. So first of all, I got that wrong. First, I called it Star Wars. Then I called. Then I got that wrong. I said <laughs> that's. Trek. I said that's Shatner, and it's not. It's Christopher Pike. It's okay. And yeah, it's Jeffrey Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Obviously, I'm with the wrong crowd here. So uh, this is this is a pretty now the audio which we're not playing looks exact is this audio from the actual TV show, but look at their mouths. Look at their eyes. Look at it. Looks. It's indistinguishable. You think Jeff Bezos is the alien with a giant brain and that Elon Musk is uh, Commander it's Pike. It's creepy. It's and a little uncanny. The craziest Valley, thing I about think. this is what? They rendered this on a Samsung S20. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> You're joking, obviously, but. Uh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Would you know if you saw that 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 was a deep fake? Not at all. I mean, I, other I think than like the reality of the situation. I think I could write an article to say many people don't know this, but Jeff Bezos was an actor in his early days and even appeared in a Star Trek episode. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I think they, they believe they it about Bezos. Elon because Elon's been in a lot of movies, so people would believe that if you said that yeah. about Elon. Yeah. The makeup on Bezos makes it a little more passable, whereas I think looking at Musk, it's like it's just a little uncanny valley-ish. There's something a little weird about it, but I think the Bezos one is pretty good. 
Yeah, you're right. There is something a little odd. And, and of course, humans' our anatomy is so fine tuned to detect mm -hmm. something weird or wrong. And I, you couldn't even put your finger on it, but you could kind of see. I just think it's CGI or something, right? Something, something like, looks oh, weird. Did he yeah. just generate this character? It's, yeah. it's like his face one is the too other, big for his head or something. There was one the other day making the rounds of Back to the Future where they uh, it was Robert Downey Jr. over Christopher Lloyd and Tom Holland from the Spider-Man movies over Michael J. Fox. And it was eerie. It was very weird. <laughs> Can I play that, Karsten? No, please, please, let's, please. Let's not push our luck. Let's move on. I won't play the audio. Oh man. Um, all right. Well, I. All right. If you don't mind, I'm just going to look at it. And and I'll and I'll. It, I'm going to go get a honestly, cup of coffee while you're watching yeah, all these I don't deep think fake we'll, videos. We'll do the audio. I don't think the we'll guys that make deep fakes yeah. are going to give us a takedown notice on YouTube. No, but I think that that one is close enough that I think the the automatic um, movie um So it will be will, it will be we'll the back to the future people the that will take it down. Back to the future people will 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 see us. Yeah. So Robert Downey Jr. Oh my god, is Doc what's his name? <laughs> Mark Doc Brown. Yeah. Wow. The Tom and Holland one is virtually you, indistinguishable. Tom it's Holland very, looks so much he like... He looks a lot like Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Yeah. Fox, so you can't... Yeah, I can kind of see that's not quite right. So right. they're getting better at deep fakes, obviously. I mean, these are much better than the ones I've seen in the past. They're, the it's technology kind of has come a long way. It's a little... It is di disconcerting, and I think it's worrying, obviously, in terms of like the ability to figure out what's real and what isn't, certainly. Yeah. In fact, uh, I'm, I went to cocky.org uh, uh, to see this link, and he has a link to an earlier uh, version that's not nearly as good. And so you can mm -hmm. see that we have been making progress. What I really is amazing is the lips, because they're using the dialogue in the, both of this and the Star Trek from the original. So the lips have to move exactly like the original, and the lip sync looks great, but they have to be Elon Musk's lips. That's pretty... Uh, it's, yeah. Pretty interesting. I don't, you know, it's disturbing for sure. Is it worrying? I don't know. Well, as long as you're not I mean, famous, you're probably okay. <laughs> oh, God. But at the rate Leo, it's going. I'm a famous podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not even a famous podcaster. I'm nothing, man. That was the worst cut. A friend of mine once, when I was working at Tech TV, said, uh, you're an unknown Host on a on a barely watched cable channel. <laughs> I was like, ouch. Yeah, ouch. Wouldn't hurt if it weren't true. EU has passed the bill that says uh, interoperable chargers. And there was uh, some conversation that maybe it wouldn't affect Apple because it wasn't about the actual cables. Well, now it looks like maybe it is going to. Apple was fighting against it. The EU voted 582 to 40 in favor of a common charging standard, Type C. Uh, so, And the reason is, hey, we're all buying way too many chargers. It'd be nice if we could reuse them and they wouldn't end up in the landfill. Apple says, you're going to kill innovation because the lightning port is, of course, so much better than Type C. Is it? No. 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 Does the no. same thing, right? Yeah. It was well, better than micro, but it's not better it was, than Type C. Oh, uh, right, Grant, you right, much right. anything's better than micro USB, but Type uh, C. But, is I mean, I'm just saying kind now, of now they, they don't have, yeah. have that argument anymore. So they're. I think be. the tricky thing with that too is like you know, so ten years ago the EU tried to do this with the microchargers, and you know it didn't really catch on. They, they did kind of. Uh, they didn't make it a law. They did it a kind of an agreement. Right. 
this time so it's going to be a law. Right, but there's also a moving target, right? Because Type C will last for ten years, and then they're going to have to mandate another right. connector. So, like, you know, putting that in the hands of government regulation rather than the individual phone makers, I, I applaud the the idea behind it. I just wonder how how much it's going to be workable. Like, I, I is Apple going to create a second phone for the EU market? Are they really going to abandon the Lightning port after all the time and money they spent at it? Are they just going to figure out another loophole for skirting this? I, I'm a little skeptical well, it's actually going to happen. That's what that's what uh, Tim Hardwick's uh, contention is in uh, Mac Rumors. He says this is just going to make Apple make this connectionless iPhone that there's been rumors about that just does wireless, doesn't have a, a port at all. That seems which is horrible. I don't think I don't crazy. think that's going to happen. The, and they're yeah. and they they've already gotten rid of their own Lightning cable. When I buy my MacBook Pro, I'm not even going to pick it up because I don't want to touch it. Does, has two USB-C ports right. on it, and no other ports the on it. The iPad Pro has USB-C. So yeah. everything else should just be that, and they need to get rid of it on their own. They know better. They're just squeezed out because they can charge you forty-five thousand dollars for this well, stupid lightning cable. There is a good point to be made there. YubiKey sells uh, their, you know, their dongles. I use a YubiKey to, uh, you know, to log into LastPass and other uh, highly, you know, Gmail, highly secure things. And uh, this one has a Type A connector on it, but there's a YubiKey with a Type C and one end and a Lightning on the other end. The one with Lightning on it is forty dollars more than the one with just Type C. You yeah. and in a way, that's how you can tell that's the Apple tax is forty dollars. Yeah. For well, there's an NFC one too, though, so that in theory that should work. Yeah, that's that, actually you know the one we're going I have. the wireless one. Yeah, yeah. I have so the like, NFC one, right? I, I think they'll move eventually because the Lightning port will eventually just pass its usefulness, I hope right? So. Like in the same way, I th I think the issue is like they're also worried like when they abandoned the thirty pin connector, it was the right move at the time, but people were not happy about that about having to replace all their stuff. I mean, it's softened a little bit by the fact that the USB C is at least standard, but yeah, I, I I'm kind of picturing there being a lot of revolt when they decide to eventually abandon lightning stuff because so many people have not only cables but accessories and peripherals that i think it's lightning. in the next year or two i think they're gonna have to uh, and, and i think and now, now more people will revolt the because they want usb-c right. yeah blame the uh, blame the eu yeah and i'll but be happy because further... i have usb-c chargers all over the place i'd love it if yeah. everything was usb-c yeah. But to further Dan's point, and, and while on the one hand, I do think that Apple was still trying to protect their proprietary cables, the fact is that it, it potentially could stifle innovation because if there's a regulation that mandates that phones in the EU have to have a USB-C port, why is anyone going to try to make something better than that? If, the, if you have to do it, Nobody's going to invest in the research to to make a better one. They're just going to stick stick with the USB-C. So ten years from now, I don't even see why anybody would invest in ten years from now trying to make a better port because there's this regulation that forces them to make it USB-C. So I do think that the, these kind of regulations to have a negative impact on our ability to like see advancements in technology because money has to get put into researching and investing in this kind of stuff. And if somebody says you can, no matter how cool it is, you can't use it, you have to use this other technology, no one's going to put the money in in the first place. It's just going to stop right there. I believe in the power of man and the power of USB 2.0 to now USB 3.0. And I look forward to the USB-C 2.0 or 5.0. USB 4 looks, has already been yes. announced and it uses you know what the I mean? Type-C like connector. Yeah. yeah, so they just got to keep the same thing 
and just upgrade it and innovate. I believe in that, but I'm just trying to get off this lightning cable so bad. I think just I please. would guess Type C. I would hope Type C is well. My iPad Pros, uh, USB C. Yeah, I would hope. Well, there's also the there's the physical engineering part of it too, though, because if your phone always has to be thick enough to accommodate a USB C well, port, well, that's Apple's then, other complaint. But I think and, I could get a USB C port on my iPhone. It would fit. Well, I, mean, I, I would disagree stuff with that. Under but like, there, you don't see. Well, <laughs> like if you go to iFixit's rundown of the internals of an iPhone, you'll actually well, see that there's a lot of stuff crammed in not, there. But down I'm just at saying, the bottom, USB-C so. isn't that much bigger. I mean, I'm, I'm not I, claiming to know, but I have. I'm, I'm putting my USB-C Pixel Four right next to my iPhone 11 Pro Max with its Lightning, and that's about. It's a it's little close. bigger. It's pretty it's close. close. But yeah. yeah. And and we all want it. Like uh, Apple fans want USB-C at this point. Uh, you know, the, those of us that are kind of entrenched in technology, of course, my mom doesn't want it. But yes, people like but me, we're on board with this. We're ready for USB-C. We we want it. It's coming. We're hoping. We were hoping Apple would do it on on iPhone 10s actually, and mm -hmm. we're really hoping it for iPhone 11. So with this sort of like regulation in place, uh, the, with the potential of seeing it, maybe not maybe not in this fall, but in 2021 almost definitely seems very exciting because we've been wanting this all along anyway it's you know it's just a uh, uh, all the rest of the people you have to get on board with it like why did they take away my lightning or now i have to get a new cable i, yeah. I want them to replace the lightning port on all the other stuff too i mean like my trackpad mm -hmm. and my keyboard charge yeah. via lightning you know like that's yes. why like Boy, that could be a USB your apple port. tv remote yep yeah, yeah, everything so. should be C. So I would hope that C is well enough designed that it could accommodate future generations with having to be complete. It's just a physical form factor. It's not. Right. Well, look at how long we've had the first USB. The USB A ports have been around right. for Those basically are still ever. Good. So, yeah. and they've gotten faster. So I, I agree. I think you know it's not like the end of the line. But Lori does have a point that like. If people are mandated to put that on there, how much time and energy are they going to invest into trying to find the next no, best thing? And true. can Apple make an end run around it by doing that, you know, totally portless phone? It's the general argument against government regulation is, well, don't mess with it. Just let the market rule. But I don't know. I think sometimes. I'm not usually in favor of that. I want to be really clear. Like, <laughs> I'm not making an advocate for USB-C. I'm going to back you up with that, Dan. I'm, I'm right with you. I just want USB-C on everything. Yeah, me too. If something else, I'd totally That's disagree. But I'm, That's my vote. I just want C. C yeah. is for cookie. It's good enough for me. <laughs> Our show today brought to you by, speaking of cookies, wasabi. How about wasabi. Ooh, wasabi? I'm not talking about that green blob on your sushi. I'm talking it's hot, but it's hot cloud mm. storage. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I like wasabi in both cases. Wasabi was created by my friend, uh, uh, David Friend, and uh, his uh, co-collaborator, Jeff Flowers. They are brilliant. They, they found a way to write data onto hard drives sequentially instead of by sector, which saves a lot of time. It's much more efficient. Uh, and it gives you hot cloud storage that is, I mean, I, it sounds like I'm making this up. <laughs> it's 80, but I'm not. It's 80% cheaper, all because of this new technology. You get 11 nines of durability, as good as you can get. Wasabi does regular integrity checking. All the objects stored are checked for integrity every 90 days. They have multiple redundant operations centers. Tier 4 data centers, they're highly secure, they're fully redundant. So if something, if you do the, the integrity check and a data, a file is changed, you can get it from the other center. So you're never going to lose a bit, not one bit of data. Uh, you've got 
I think this is a great feature. In today's uh, era of ransomware, you can designate your data to be immutable. It cannot be erased. It cannot be altered. Human error, ransomware, nothing can change that data. That is, you try that on your on-prem storage. You can't do that. You've got access control mechanisms, bucket policies, ACLs, so that you can control who has access to what. Wasabi follows all the best security models and design practices. State-of-the-art. It's HIPAA compliant. It's FINRA compliant. It's CJS compliant. And it is 80% cheaper than S3. And oh, by the way, if you use S3, you already know how to use Wasabi because it uses the S3 API. But unlike Unlike S3, there is no charge for API requests. There's no charge for egress. There's no complex storage tiers. It's just a better technology. Why? Because they're the little guys. Everybody, when they say, let's go to the cloud, they're saying S3, let's go AWS or Azure or, or Google Cloud. And so that nobody even knows about Wasabi. That's why I'm really I'm on a mission to tell people, look, if you're looking at those three, add one more name, add Wasabi. I think you're going to be very, very impressed and I love it because I think we're making headway. I talk to more and more people. They'll come up to me and say, yeah, we went, we chose Wasabi. You were right. You can find out if you want to try it, you can get an unlimited trial for, for a month. When you go to wasabi.com, click the free trial link, and then use the offer code TWIT. So really bang on it. Put a bunch of data on it. Move it around. Try and see what see how it works. Uh, wasabi, W-A-S-A-B-I.com. Don't forget to use the offer code TWIT for two reasons. One, so they know you heard it here it helps us but also so you get that unlimited uh free storage for a month it is great if you're a managed service provider uh, you're reselling this stuff you can actually give it to your customers for less than they're already paying and you'll still make more money you gotta love that wasabi w-a-s-a-b-i.com let's see is there any? I don't. I'm more Apple stories. I'm sorry. I apologize. We'll get. We'll. All right. I'll don't. I won't do an Apple story. We'll. I, I was going to ask about the story that Mark Gurman had that Apple's thinking about thinking about letting you make a different default browser or a different default music app on the iPhone. Is that even possible? Well, sure, it's yeah. possible. Well, I know they can do it, but why would they do it? I, I think it's actually um, good. I, well, it's I good for users. I think it's good for everybody. I think it's good for users who get a lot more choice and are a lot happier with their options. I think it's good for developers who make those third-party apps because it means they can actually compete on a more level playing field with things like Mail and Safari. Previously, if you had a third-party app and used like Chrome on the iPhone, you'd still get kicked into it's Safari. It's so annoying, I know. So that's annoying. And I think it's actually good for Apple because not only does it get sort of the uh, competitors and antitrust regulators that's off their That's why back, they do it, right? But also it makes their users happier and I think it encourages them to improve their own built-in apps because they actually have to compete, not just because it's built in and it's the thing right. everyone's going to use. Right. And, and I don't think everyone, most users are not going to ever touch that. But the users who do want to change it are going to be really happy that they finally have it as an option. So I think it's a win-win-win. I don't see and Safari loading up on a Samsung phone. No, I wouldn't do it. No. <laughs> I wouldn't do no, it. No, no Android. That, on any Android that, phone, you could choose whatever browser is the default. You can choose. I wish Apple would do this. You could choose your own. You could Apple, you can only use Springboard. I'd love to see a different desktop interface, a launcher. Uh, I'd love to see all of that. But Apple's never going to do that one. They're that's, never going to do it. That's not going to happen. Apple did try to suppress Tom Sadowski's book, App Store Confidential, saying the book has... 
stuff that Tom has agreed never to reveal. Well, of course, according to 9 and 5 Mac, it's now number two on the German bestseller list. <laughs> Oops. I, I almost Oops. bought it right away. As soon as I saw the first report come up, I went, oh, this looks interesting, but I don't speak German, so I didn't end up buying it. But yeah, I would buy it too. It looks looks pretty cool. Yeah. Apple uh, uh, says that the operation of the App Store, this guy worked in the, uh, was ran the German version of the App Store. Uh, they say the app operation of the App Store encompasses a multitude of business secrets. And uh, and Sadowski uh, signed an agreement that he would never reveal it or something like that. Um, well, I think the original report that where Apple had made a statement to, I think The Verge, if I remember, um, the the so they fired him, um, oh. and he had said that he he showed them the book he he presented before he was fired while he was still working with them he showed them the book and he felt very strongly that this was going to help developers and I think that's why this book got so popular is the developers would love to, a lot to of know because it it's a, feels it's like a dark it's a black box yeah yes yeah. and this can help them. I mean, I haven't read it, but it sounds like what he was trying to do was making it easier for developers to get their apps through through the App Store and get get them um, approved. But um, uh, he has been fired by Apple. Their statement was that um, he had been let go, that he shouldn't have written this book, that he had signed an NDA agreement, so that you know they want him to, you know, to re remove, destroy all copies of it, not sell right. it anymore. But so today, that was kind of that. To date, they haven't sued yet. Not yet. He's still selling yeah. it. So right. <laughs> maybe they were and just you hoping. You can't take back those books that people bought. No. Like if you buy a physical copy of this yep, book, it's late. your physical copy of the book. So yeah. it is in German yeah. only at this point. Right. I'd, I'd love to see it translated to, to U.S. I would buy it and read it. I'd, I would love to know some more helpful tips for developers to be able to get their apps through the app process. Yeah. Because uh, arguably, so often. You just don't I was know. Just gonna say, yeah, and arguably Apple should be doing this themselves rather right. than waiting for someone right. else to write a book about it, right? They it's should be secret. helping developers. No that. one's supposed to know why we banned their app. That's secret. Yeah, and that shouldn't be that way. No. They, sh they should be able to know what's going on. I think, yeah. you know, I guess we come across, you know, apps that somehow uh, Apple suddenly takes down from the app store and the developer doesn't understand why and they get this very vague response this allows apple to continue to do stuff like that there that that seems really it doesn't make sense why why would you suddenly tell me that my app is not approved even though it was approved before and apple might say something like well now you're copying our operating system even though apple might have been actually copying their app or something like that this the secretness secretiveness must allow them to get away with stuff like that and just say well you know, we've got our regulations inside here that you have to follow and you just have to figure it out. Larry Ellison uh, is, as you know, Oracle is in uh, in uh, the Supreme Court in their fight with Google. This is one that's been going on forever and ever and ever. Oracle's trying to collect $8 billion in royalties because Google uh, used Java in the Android operating system, except they didn't use Java. They duplicated the Java API and uh, Larry says, well, we had a, that's a copyright API. So Ellison hosts a nice dinner for the president of the United States, a golf outing, $100,000 per couple uh, for the golf. And if you want to go to the policy, quote, policy roundtable, a quarter of a million dollars, raised a lot of money for the president's reelection campaign. And lo and behold, 
the Trump administration is now telling the Supreme Court, you should you should probably reject an appeal by Google on this one. You should, you know what, Oracle's right. There's really no comment on this, right? It's just, <laughs> no. wow. It, business as usual, it seems like. It's, it's, a, it's a slow pro quo, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it just is what it is. Justice Sotomayor uh, just uh, published a piece saying, actually, no, it was her dissent in a recent Supreme Court uh, case where they upheld a Trump administration policy on immigration saying apparently the Supreme Court now is just going to listen to whatever the administration says and support there. So that normally you'd say an amicus brief from the president doesn't carry any more weight than from anybody else. I would say in this case it might carry a lot of weight. And I thought I saw a story, too, about a bunch of people walking, a bunch of employees at Oracle walking out. Yes, hundreds. Uh, related to, uh, yeah, related, related to, to his uh, uh, fundraising. Yeah, yeah, his fundraising for, for uh, Trump. So Oracle is now like Google, where it's got activist employees who are Well, to... 300 employees in Oracle whole, you know, has thousands, tens of thousands of employees. So, right, right. but it made news, so. Right. Uh, Bezos has uh, committed uh, $10 billion to flight, fight climate change. A number of people pointed out that's uh, somewhat cynical uh, because, uh, well, for whatever reason you want to think that's cynical. The Bezos Earth Fund will begin issuing grants from that $10 billion. I think I'll take it from anybody. Um, but uh, some people say, well, Amazon could do a lot more to end climate change uh, than just putting up a bunch of money. He could afford I think I think this is a really great thing for yeah. anybody with lots of money to do. But I think the skeptics that you know that are out there, Amazon has sort of single-handedly changed the landscape of how people shop. And one of mm. those things is that there's a lot of driving, flying, shipping, a lot of things that are detrimental to the environment are, are happening. Do so you think, though, that I wonder if there's a net gain because we're not driving to Target that maybe that People truck still is do brick and mortar shopping. And, and, you know, I, I see the point of view that $10 billion from, from Bezos. Well, nice is not necessarily combating as Lori puts out kind of the systematic change that we've right. under, undergone because of Amazon. I'm not sure, especially because of the overall rise, it's only one part of it, but it is certainly a big part of it. Yeah. So I'm a um, fan of Jeff. He when he was on Star Trek a few, you know, many years ago, I just <laughs> when he played he Captain was Pike, so wow. So good. He was such a good actor. So let me uh let me just rain on this for a second. Okay. Oh, it's so, time, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for another patented Owen JJ Stone rant. I could care less about your $10 billion when you're avoid paying taxes and you pay zero taxes. How about you give out $10 billion every year for climate change or to help homeless or to do something? Then also when you're giving out this money, why don't you appoint a person that we can go to to know exactly what you're doing with this money? Now, Amazon is destroying the planet in general with its shipping. Yes, people go to the stores, but what are you saving when you go order one toothbrush and have it shipped to your house <laughs> and then five minutes later, you, oh, I need toothpaste and it comes in a <laughs> separate package delivered by UPS, Amazon, and the mailman are coming to your house. So how are you really saving the planet with your crappy system of delivering everything in every which way possible because you want to be convenient? Then on top of that, inside baseball, people return so much crap that they would never do it at another store, and it's wasteful, okay? UPS, 
has a system now. Amazon came up with this great idea where they do bulk shipping. So instead of you returning that toothbrush and them shipping out one whole toothbrush, they collect things into an 18Q box and they can fit 20 to 30 items in that box. That's great, Amazon. Totally appreciate you. But also they have the system where it's computer and it's digitized. At Halloween, at um, one of our stores, we returned 2,000 costumes in the first week after Halloween. Oh, you, that's right. You work the, at a, you have a UPS shipping business. Yeah. Yes. So the day after Halloween, for two weeks straight, people were bringing in four and five costumes, things that they would never return at another store. But since it's on Amazon, they only have to talk to a computer, they return it. So they've got the scam going in. They could dress their whole family up like the Disney Channel for 200 bucks, wear it, go out, get their candy, come back in, return it, and then send it back to wherever landfill or trash company or magic shipping container box that people come spend 250 on, and they're just returning stuff that they would never, ever return and not use again. So it's it's a system that creates so much waste. So when he goes out and he says he's putting out $10 billion, I'm like, you owe me $10 billion in taxes to which you pay zero. So this one-time cookie promo thing that you put out so we could talk about it and be happy, I don't care. I want $10 billion a year, or I want you to pay your fair share of taxes, or I want some direct accountability to this money that you're just handing out willy-nilly. That was a uh, two-caramello <laughs> koala rant. Thank you. Love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you order those on Amazon? No, I brought. <laughs> oh, no, they're from Australia. Our Australian visitors brought me a treat. Thank you. It, they look delicious. Oh, they're oh yeah, it looks great. No, they also brought me some minties. Ooh. But the minties, they said, don't eat these while you're on the show, and they were right. <laughs> Because they take out all your dental work. <laughs> did you spray them down with Lysol before you started popping them in? Like, where did they come from? Did you check oh, the no, plane? Check? Come on, Uncle Leo. You can, we just got done talking late. about What's this. What's done baby. is done. You, Uncle Leo, you're all the, Oh, my God, Uncle Leo. You need to Suck drink some fish. of that Perel. The die is cast. Look, hold on. Hold it up to the screen. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> there, that'll I, fix it. I'm gonna ask Dr. Mom if you can pure if there's like post facto pureling. Like after you no, it's called whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. There you mm. go. Whiskey's good. Well, I'm definitely in the clean then, because last night there was plenty of that going around. <laughs> oh man, you were at a, a punk concert. I mean the, the mosh pit alone. Oh my god. That's like oh, a, little, the germs that a spread petri dish things. of punks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Twitter has been busy banning and all sorts of stuff. I think they banned 70 of Mike Bloomberg's. Is he, this is a little, uh, maybe there's another rant here, Owen, because Twitter's all excited that they found 70 uh, accounts from real, by the way, real people who were kind of all at once cutting and pasting tweets on behalf of Mike Bloomberg. So they banned those, but meanwhile we're learning that the Russian troll factory is on overtime for the twenty twenty election. Well, they just know election. how to do it better. Is the problem? Uh, is, that the, is that Twitter is suspending seventy pro, pro Bloomberg accounts, citing platform manipulation? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I feel like this is kind of selective enforcement here. Well, so gonna, think about this though. I've I read I read this whole thing from top to bottom and. At what it sounds like is that Bloomberg is trying to do something that a lot of people have done, which is hire a company 
that has people under it sending out tweets to make that Twitter account look more popular. Right. And and a good company would have people sending individual tweets that sounded more original, that sounded more natural, that actually spoke to these people's. <laughs> so is that um, their mistake? Is that they, their <laughs> mistake? Is cutting and pasting. And using people who. Go ahead. Using people who have no, like no real real influencer experience. There, there was you know some some Twitter follower or Twitter. A uh, handle that had zero followers. Um, another who um, was previously a supporter of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth, like an outspoken supporter of them, and then suddenly switching to Bloomberg. The problem is that this isn't grassroots. This isn't organic. This is the Bloomberg organization paying people to act like they want him as a president. And so their tweets sound fake. They sound cut and paste and and you know, they don't sound like they're coming from the heart. And what the Bloomberg um, campaign needs to do instead is to find real passionate supporters and ask them to voluntarily do this kind of stuff yeah. instead of get paid to do it. Yeah. And they're just the doing it wrong. Right. I mean, and the, Twitter's the, the thing is, this is an easy situation because like all those things, like you said, if they're copy and pasted, that's easy for the, you know, an algorithm to track down. It's a lot harder to track down people who are being paid maybe, but are also, you know, making it sound more original or more unique. So I think that's it. Twitter at least is trying to crack down on some of this stuff, which has some things to say for it. But I think that they're going to find there's a lot more challenge below this. So tooting your own horn about like, well, we took out all these Bloomberg bots when, you know, Russia and all these other things are doing a much better job. As you said, I think that's the harder part. And and to be fair, they've updated their systems because they just caught like the the peanut guy with the baby nut thing. Uh, the social media company that was promoting that they caught all those fake accounts too. So wait, their wait, new the algorithm peanut, is wait, wait, catching wait, wait, them, and, they're, wait, and they are <laughs> announcing when they're catching people. The so, peanut I mean, guy with the baby nut thing. What is that? Mister Peanut. Vayner Media the, from the Super Bowl ad. They they got caught by Twitter also by using fake accounts trying to promote the hashtag. Oh, that's the right. That's that right. Kind of that's so right. Twitter is is has updated their system now. So they're announcing when they're catching everybody, and so hopefully they're just getting better at it and catching more people. I mean, it, it's just amusing how when it's something that you don't understand, it's like, oh, well, the mm -hmm. Russians are doing it. Like we just blanketly blame Russia for everything now. And it's just weird. So, and Bloomberg finding someone that really cares is hard to do because he throws out money. And I wouldn't do anything for Bloomberg unless he paid me because he just. Which pays is exactly for what people are doing. Yes. Yep. Nine million dollars in Facebook ads in a month. Yeah. Insane. And well, guess what? Yeah. Nobody likes you. <laughs> you can spend all that money all you want to. You have they've to buy they've your friends. hired more than 500 deputy digital organizers, according to the Wall Street Journal, working 20 to 30 hours a week. It's not good pay, Mike. You could pay them better, $2,500 a month. Uh, and they're expected to promote Bloomberg every week to everyone in their phone contacts by text message. Oh, geez. You know, we're uh, here in California. I know, Lori, you're in Sacramento. We're starting to get inundated because our primary is coming up on uh, March 3rd. 3rd. And uh, I don't know. Have you started getting texts from every candidate? I am. I haven't received any texts yet. I, I've actually been pretty good at, at not getting texts from candidates. They're knocking on my door, though. So right. I've got the old school Which canvassing going on right yeah. now. 
Um, I don't know. It's kind of nice. You can actually have a conversation with them a little bit about it. The weird <laughs> thing is, I don't know how they got my number. I mean, it's not, I think they got my number because I did give it to one candidate. I'm feeling the candidates are selling their numbers to other candidates. Now. Well, or they're getting hacked. The DNC's just tipping in, dabbling, oh, and doing what they geez. want to do. But the fact that you didn't give people a Google voice number, it shows another thing of you. Okay, then what's the problem? Ain't no well, problem. I mean, I'm getting texts. You can block that. That ain't no problem. If I knew what number they were coming from, but if it's coming from a army of volunteers, then I can't. Oh. You see what I'm saying? It's not yeah. the same guess number. You a, guess you need a backup Google Voice number. I've only got one or two. I just text him back. I told you never to call me here. Yeah. <laughs> one of my friends said, "I'm uh oh, you got me wrong. I'm I'm voting for Bernie." And they and they never heard from him again. So, <laughs> um, let's take a little break. Lori Gill is here, imore.com. If you like Lori, and who doesn't, you'll see a lot more of her every <laughs> yeah. Tuesday on Mac Break Weekly. And, of course, at imore.com. She's at Appaholic on the Twitter. And her band Sickburn is legendary. <laughs> you need a whole We're bunch. We're big in Japan. Yeah, huge, huge in Japan. <laughs> also with us, it's uh, his first time with me, but he's been on to it before with Jason Snell and Dan Morin. Uh, Dan, of course, does a great podcast called Clockwise with Micah Sargent and writes for SixColors.com. He does a bunch of podcasts. You can tell he's a professional podcaster. He has a Yeti floating uh, from the ceiling. That's how you know. That means you must be a professional podcaster. <laughs> and our ranter-in-chief, oh, Docto and J.J. Stone at IQMZ.com. Anything you want to plug, Owen? Uh, got a new Raising a Ninja podcast coming tomorrow. That's Be the one you do with your daughter. Yeah. She is so awesome. Yeah. She's pretty awesome. She's Amazing. pretty awesome. I am really enjoying uh, watching your journey together. It's a really great podcast. It's uh, it's uh, it's fun. Raising you know, a ninja. Because yeah. basically, now we're going to start doing video. By the way, because people wanted to see her expressions and mannerisms. You're not worried not about that. Her. Letting people see what she looks like. So again, part of the whole concept of how I've raised her is. She posts on the internet and she doesn't read comments. She doesn't That's like smart. comments on her own stuff. She doesn't look at anything. When we do a show together, she doesn't re-listen to it. She doesn't look at it. She doesn't check it. She doesn't care. But she's all in in the moment. So That's just good. for me training her about how it's supposed to be, she teaches her friends that. She's got her friends not being into likes or caring about who's looking at what and trying to make the perfect picture. Like she just – she's really good with the internet and – uh I'm super proud because two weeks ago, she got slammed illegally in a wrestling match, and her wrist was basically oh, no. broken and dangling. <gasps> oh. and she looked at the coach, and she said, I'm going to keep going. And she got up, and she what? finished the round because she was winning, and she didn't want to quit because she didn't want to lose. So she finished the round, goes into the second round, and then the coach called it because he didn't know if her wrist was broken. And the first thing she came up to me, she's like, look, I didn't quit. He called it. I'm like, I know. I know, but I can die knowing that my daughter is tough enough to handle her own self mentally and physically, that she's a tough cookie and she's a fighter. So I can, I can pass out on this mic right now and be a happy oh, dad. Oh, that's nice. You are indeed raising a ninja, Owen J.J. Stone. Uh, is that at IQMZ.com? Yes, it's on there. I asked as if I didn't know. Our show today <laughs> brought to you by Cashfly. If you're a podcaster, if you deliver content, if you've got a website, if you've got an app, you need a CDN, a content delivery network, and there is no one better than our CDN, Cashfly. That's what we've been on for 10 years now. We're not alone. Microsoft, NFL, Rakuten. We all use it. LG, 
uh, Ars Technica because it's well, it's faster. It's faster than the you know. It's like up like five times faster than uh, your just your HTML delivery mechanism. It's faster than most other uh, CDNs. About thirty percent faster than their competition. And now with Cashfly's new Cash Shield. You're not only going to be faster, you're going to save money. You benefit from a huge reduction in data transfer fees with AWS's S3 and other cloud storage origins by increasing your cache hit ratio to 100%. No matter how big the content, even if it's 4K, it's going to be instantly delivered on any device anywhere in the world. It's time to step up. It's time to step up and use CashFly. And with their 100% cash shield, CashFly's guaranteed availability, you just, you're just golden. I mean, literally, a 100% SLA. You, that's amazing. It reduces origin spend by thousands a month, guarantees zero cash misses. Your download speeds go up, no buffering, guaranteed availability, highest quality of service, scale your video streaming to reach global audiences of any size. This network is amazing. And I say that as a happy CashFly user for many, many years. Look, we love CashFly. We know you will, too. And so that's why we set this up. If you go to twit.cashfly.com, bring your current CDN bill, bring your usage trends, and see what CashFly can do for you. No hard sell. They're great people, but they can really make a difference. And if you want to find out whether you're overpaying, whether you can get better bandwidth, this is the way to do it. Bring your bill, bring your usage trends to twit.cashfly.com. We love you, CashFly. Thank you so much. For your support. We really appreciate it. Uh, by the way, it's not just Bloomberg. Get ready. Uh, starting, I guess, uh, in October and leading into Election Day, YouTube homepage will be taken over by the Trump campaign. They're already spending millions and millions of dollars on this. YouTube would not comment on the deal. The, the takeover, you probably know Owen J.J. Stone. What's a takeover? Uh, takeover is when people grab your phone and then they post all their stuff on your Instagram. <laughs> and you get Not like, that bombarded kind of with their stuff and you're like, why? Takeover is when you, don't, when you own the homepage and no one else is on there. I mean, that is a big that, deal. That's, that's, I'm joking about that, but that's what celebrities do. And like they switch each other's accounts and they take over. I know. And they post their own stuff. That's but, a I mean, different kind of it, takeover. It's different, but it's the same. I, I, I assume that. YouTube is going to have the lowest views that day in American history. <laughs> and not so much that, that uh, voters care about Trump, but anyone sub 14 is going to be very upset when they log into YouTube that day and they don't see their favorite YouTuber or song or whatever. And they're going to log out. <laughs> it's a like, huge opportunity. This is why this, you know, people, uh, my kids will say, well, why, why does the incumbent have an advantage? This is why. We he already knows the Trump campaign already knows there he's the nominee. The Democrats don't know yet. No Democrats going to buy a YouTube takeover for election day. <laughs> well, that's right. Bloomberg. They can't. Maybe Bloomberg, but that would be nuts. Actually, you know, he could buy it and change the message. Got the money. Yep. Yeah, he's got the money. Uh, so does the Trump campaign. They may be spending as much as half a billion dollars on digital ads, according to Brad Parscale. Uh, they're going to be very organized. But it'll th I thought it was interesting. They're spending. A as much as a million dollars a day to do a YouTube takeover. 
Also, by the way, for all the listeners and viewers, we're not talking politics. We're talking politech. Okay, this is politech, yes. baby. I love politech. That's a politech. great term. <laughs> so I'm, stealing that. I'm stealing that oh, from you. Uh, That's I'll, great. I'll license it to you and I expect royalties, but <laughs> I just wanted our audience to know what was going on. Nothing's free, Uncle Leo, just so you know. Just, they heard it here first. Politech. How about a, del- how about a delicious, delicious minty? Uh-oh. I, don't that do thing that. is not sanitized. I'm not, don't you ship that out here. Uh, <laughs> I don't want no parts Hey, of we did send you candy once, didn't we? You did send me candy. A big bunch of candy. Popcorns. Oh, you guys love me over there. We, we do. I love, love you guys, too. We do love you. There is a new, according to Brian Krebs, Krebs on Security, a new extortion campaign, which is, I think, kind of fascinating. Pay up or we'll make Google ban your ads. So the the threat is we are going to send so much bot and junk traffic clicking your ads on your website that Google's automated anti-fraud systems will suspend your account for suspicious traffic. Wow. What a clever idea. Next generation. Yeah. Here's here's an example from uh, uh, one of Krebs on Security's readers who maintains several sites that receive a fair amount of traffic. Here's a Google, an email. Very soon, the warning notice from above, which is a Google warning, will appear at the dashboard of your AdSense account undoubtedly. This will happen due to the fact that we are about to flood your site with huge amount of direct bot-generated web traffic with 100% bounce ratio and thousands of IPs in the rotation, a nightmare for every AdSense publisher. More also, we'll adjust our sophisticated bots to open an endless cycle with different time duration every AdSense banner which runs on your site. Man, who knew Dracula was so tech heavy? <laughs> that's not Dracula! That's, uh, that's, a, little, that's uh, a little Dracula. <laughs> okay. A little Dracula. Next, today at Serving Limit will be placed on your... No, that's Dracula. Uh, they want $5,000 in Bitcoin. What a scam. What a clever scam. Of course, you have to have a bot in it. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially, it's still kind of, it's kind of a DOS. It's right? like a like DOS, a different yeah. Target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's interesting to target the AdSense program because you know it's it's where people it's where the money it's is, money. right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. hitting Going people in the money. wallet. That's yep. certainly that certainly feels painful. Yep. I mean, I, I'm curious too about just like ad networks in general. Like this is this has been a bigger and bigger problem for a lot of these ad networks is dealing with these kind of with not only like the DOS style attacks, but also like the injection of malicious ads. Like I can't count the number of times I've gone to sites where you get these junk ads that start taking over on legitimate sites, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'll go to a site that's yep. fairly popular. And somehow the ad networks, you know, get hijacked and you, they don't yep. police essentially the kind of content in there. And you get the pop ups or the things like win a free iPhone or get an Amazon gift certificate. And you can't, especially on a phone, you can't go back. You can't get out. All of a sudden, like yeah, you've gotten stuck. kicked off yeah. the site entirely. It's it's really terrible. And I, it makes me wonder about the longevity left for for digital ad networks between the fact that, you know, payments are getting lower and they're getting attacked by more as vectors for these type of things. It seems like it's getting riskier and riskier. It's called demonetization. And you don't want it to happen to you. you know, earlier, we were worried that we would get demonetized by putting that deep fake on. Well, Fortnite last week added a Rickroll emote. Uh, <laughs> just a week ago, Rick Astley inspired. The company has already rolled out an update that let PC players mute the music because if you're a streamer and all of a sudden 
your uh, stream says, never going to give you up, you might get... You better get... not sing that too much. <laughs> I, I don't know. Can, I, it does, can they pull me down if I sing it? Oh, it's a Car- Carson's giving me the stink compulsory eye. Compulsory licensing. Compulsory <laughs> licensing. You, you need to be able to cover it. YouTube's copyright detection system has already flagged the emote, and companies... The company that owns the rights to never going to give you up was claiming <laughs> copyright infringement and demonetizing the videos. What a world we live in. First of all, <laughs> that there is a Rick Astley never going to give you up <laughs> emote in Fortnite. Second, that never going to give you up is something you would want to have on your Fortnite stream. Third, that if you do it, the company that owns the record is going to have you demonetized on a platform. Well, at the end of the also, day, as Fortnite should have Fortnite should have went to them and said, hey, look, we're going to do this. Let me just cut you a basic check. Yeah. And so you're happy. They should know better than to do this. Because not for nothing, you are profiting off of that because it is something that everybody knows and it makes people happy. So if you That's are true. selling it to profit off of it, That's then you true. should win to them and cut them a check. That's so true. go ahead and demonetize. But I think we're looking, we're looking at two different issues here, though. We're not talking about Fortnite doing doing bad. We're, we're talking about people who are streaming They're just playing the game. Playing. And it's not so like, I, you know, well... I would have to assume, and I don't know, but I would have to assume that Fortnite did do that. They went and cut that yeah. check, and now it's the streamers who are getting in trouble because oh, they did. Oh, you're right. 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 And their legal Bruce team should have written a the better they clause. And, uh, they should have licensed it for stream. all use in all the media, Something. Right. Yes. now right. or hereafter, ever. It probably got the money for but it. But is, is there is there a contract for that that says not only us, the people yeah, who course. make this video game, sure. but also literally every human being in the world? Placed in all derivative. You could say we want to license it for all derivative works as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a contract for everything. Big, and all you have to do yeah, is say that check. clip of big what you're check. doing, and, and you encompass it in that. Because you know what's going to happen. Fortnite knows better yeah. in general. Yeah. Because they want their stuff streamed because that's the popular part of the popularity mm-hmm. of the game. So they, someone there should have known better. So apparently I would, I would they're pl- have to argue, though, that that Rick Astley's career has stood the test of time specifically <laughs> because of this song. So good on him. <laughs> yeah. Who did the first who did the first Rick roll? I mean, where did, how did that start? I, I can't even imagine. 4chan. <laughs> Was it 4chan? Yeah. I'm immoral. Yeah, it seems like a 4chan kind of a. Thing. Let me Google the first that's, Rick roll. Don't do that. It'll shut your computer down. We don't have time for that. <laughs> don't you don't you Google that. Here's a guy. Here's a guy. Here's a guy on YouTube who says I did the first Rick roll with proof. Don't play that. We'll be taken down by some guy with an American Airlines box in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was an American apparel. Oh, I'm box, sorry, American Apparel. Yeah. This is our new Either thing. Way. Whenever we play videos, we're gonna play we're gonna play them with fifty percent transparency. And yeah. then no algorithm could ever detect that. This is well, like it just said a reverse captcha for algorithms. It's an yeah, algorithm yeah. captcha. The bots can't oh, see. You're it. gonna just find Whatever. all the all the supernatural people tracking down the ghosts. Ah, That's this video ghost. is haunted. That's my ghost, man. I want money. Um, actually, what this has done is uh, add a feature to Fortnite. They tweeted this where you can now in the settings you could switch off all audio. From licensed emotes. If you're a content creator, you can select this option to avoid playing licensed music from emotes. This setting does not apply to prevent to event playlists that feature content that is licensed like concerts. 
So it turns, it mutes it so that, you know, you can do the emote, but you won't get the, never going to give you up, never going to let you down. Let's do a test. Never going <laughs> to. <laughs> Is Carson ringing his let's, wrist right Yeah, now, Carson, yeah. I'm just doing this to make Carson crazy. <laughs> All right, let's take a little break. And then uh, there were a number of uh, passings this week, and we're going to talk about those. Our show today, as always, brought to you from the Twit Last Pass Studios. We're mighty proud of our relationship with LastPass. In fact, we're going to be at RSA. I may be wearing a full-body bunny suit and a gas mask, but we're going to be at RSA, and we're going to be hosting the LastPass party at Bourbon and Branch. This is such a fun party. We've done this last three years in a row, and it's so much fun. We invite anybody who's going to RSA to come to our party. I do want to mention uh, LastPass because not only do they host the studio and are they throwing a great party at RSA, but they are the password manager I use and have used for 10 years running. And everybody should use. We use it here at Twit. Every business should use this. They actually uh, did a survey of businesses uh, that uh, it was called the Global Password Security Report. And they found out that employees on average at a business, will reuse a password 13 times. That means 13 separate accounts. If any one of those accounts gets breached, they're all breached, right? That's what we've seen happen now is you should never reuse passwords because once an account gets breached, if you use that password anywhere else, you're at risk everywhere else. The average score, LastPass is a great security uh, uh, survey that they do in LastPass. And when you first put in LastPass in your business, they run that. They say on those new users, 49% is the average score. That's not even an F. That's that's like completely failing. It means half, in general, it means about half the passwords are reused or very, very weak. The good news is LastPass makes it easy to fix it. And from then on, use strong, unique passwords everywhere you go. LastPass keeps track. But they solve the authentication challenge in other ways, too. They have single sign-on. When you use LastPass at work, you have over 100 customizable policies. We use those like crazy. For instance, we require two-factor authentication. We have minimum password requirements, things like that. They have lots of other features, MFA, multi-factor authentication. They can guarantee that an employee is actually who they say they are. MFA is brilliant, uses geolocation, IP address, and other things to really verify, in addition to the password, and the second factor and everything else to really verify that person is the person. And remember, you're giving your employees you know, access to your bank accounts, your databases, your website. I mean, they have the keys to the kingdom. You want to make sure they're logging in securely. But it doesn't have to be painful. Just give them the LastPass browser extension and start solving your access and authentication challenges. There's LastPass families. That's what I use at home with Lisa so I can easily share passwords with her. There's lots of nice features, including the emergency access feature that lets me designate uh, family members or whoever you want as the people who will get access to your password vault if something should happen to you. I know we don't like to think about that, but that to me, that's a huge weight off my mind. Uh, LastPass uses all sorts of really sophisticated encryption technologies to make sure that your LastPass data is not accessible anywhere except on your device. The the, the keys used to decrypt and de- encrypt data are never sent to LastPass servers. They're never accessible by LastPass. And just to make sure that you feel comfortable, that you understand they're the gold standard, they engage trusted world-class third-party security firms to conduct regular routine audits and testing of their service and infrastructure. It works we love it. 
You will love it. We use LastPass Enterprise at Twit. I use LastPass at home, and I have for a decade now. You need LastPass for you and your business with amazing features that both improve security across your company and make life easier for your users. LastPass.com slash Twit. Find out how they can help you. LastPass.com slash Twit. We had a great week at Twit this week. I may not be back after I go to the party and I get the coronavirus, so I thought I'd play this memorial video. <laughs> Previously on Twit. Breaking news. I just put it in. I just saw it come oh. across my feed. Oh, wow. This looks really important. Mark Zuckerberg reportedly gets his armpits blow-dried before speeches. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was picturing the hand dryers for bathrooms that's like a giant U, yeah. and oh I just don't God. know how that works. Oh, <laughs> no, no. That, that I used to dry my feet after a shower. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. Tech News Weekly. Apple is reportedly looking at letting folks use third-party apps in the way that folks can use Apple's default apps. This Week in Google. Android 11 has been released, the developer preview. Walking through Android 11, there's not a whole lot new to look at. In the quick settings, there is now an option to put in a screen record. Windows Weekly. There's people on Reddit, Microsoft Answer Forum, and now I'm hearing from people directly. They have a new, brand new Surface Laptop 3, and they're noticing either a hairline crack along oh. the corner or sometimes a crack across the entire screen. How is it an opening sort of screen issue? Because this screen is not affected by the Stop touching it. You're going to break it. What are you doing? <laughs> You're right. What am I thinking? Twit. How many news reports do you have to read? <laughs> we read the tech news so you don't have to. Thanks so much to Micah Sargent for uh, filling in for me on uh, uh, Windows Weekly and to Jason Howell for uh, hosting uh, This Week in Google. I was gone on Wednesday and I appreciate it, guys. I promise not to get coronavirus. I promise. <laughs> I just, I'll be back next week. That's a promise you can't guarantee there, buddy. <laughs> I, have an, I have an excellent immune system and I'm going to wear, I'm telling you, full body armor. So, yeah. uh, sad story, but uh, I wanted to make sure you all knew that Larry Tesler, who... You may not recognize his name, but was a very important uh, person in the computers that we use today. He was at Xerox Park, the Palo Alto Research Center, when Steve Jobs and Apple employees very famously came to visit and find out about Park's uh, windowed, menued, GUI computing. Um, Tesla uh, was uh, actually offered later a job at Apple where his Dodge Valiant bore a customized license plate saying no modes. He was very famous and, and really very influential at Apple for eliminating modes. Modes, the idea of a mode, if you've ever used VI, for instance, is that, you know, you're in VI, you're either in the edit mode or the, uh, or the command mode. You can't do both. Uh, the idea of modes is built into DOS computing, command line based computing. You can do one thing at a time. But with this new GUI computing, he was really interested in eliminating modes. And Apple was early on very much about modeless computing. It's kind of funny because we're going back to modes a little bit. The way the iPad works, for instance, you're full screen. You're doing what you're doing. Um, and you have to switch to another screen if you want to do anything else. He was VP of AppleNet and Apple's advanced technology group, ATG. He played a role in the development of products ranging from the Lisa to the Newton and maybe his most important invention was cut, copy, and paste. Without Larry Tesler, 
we'd have to call him something else. I think we would have come up with that sometime eventually. But he, he's the guy who was credited with cut, copy, and paste. Larry Tesler passed away uh, this week at the age of 74. Another uh, big name in, um, in computing, but the name you may not uh, recognize, Bert Sutherland also passed away this week. He was a computer scientist, longtime manager of the Sun Microsystem Labs, the System Science Laboratory at Xerox Park, and the Computer Science Division of Bolt, Baranek, and Newman, where he helped develop what was eventually to become the Internet. He participated in the creation of the personal computer, microprocessors, Smalltalk, Java, and the Internet. It's kind of amazing these guys who are at the in the early days of this stuff how much they could influence um his brother ivan sutherland and uh, carver mead and lynn conway uh, developed vlsi very large-scale integrated circuits at the california institute of technology pretty cool so uh another farewell to bert sutherland legend in uh, computing he was 83 when he passed away in his Mountain View home. I don't like to end on a sad note. Let me think of uh, something fun. How about uh, 40 years of Photoshop, 30 years of Photoshop? And uh, in order to sell And how it brought us the deep the deep The deep fakes. fakes. Without it, <laughs> there would be no Without deepfakes. Photoshop, we wouldn't be where we are today with deep fakes. New iPad Thank and you, Mac Adobe. features coming to Photoshop. <laughs> Uh, Photoshop 1.0 came out February 19th, 1990 on Mac System 6. That's an, To even run on System 6 is an amazing achievement. I mean, there was no memory management or barely any. It was, that was the first OS, Mac OS I ran. Really? Yeah. You were uh, eight years old at the time. And, uh, ten. Ten. <laughs> For close, sure. Close enough. Close. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm older than Photoshop. How about happy that? Happy anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Barely. Happy anniversary. 30 years of uh, Photoshop. That's that's pretty cool. I just saw this Hot Wheels RC Cyber I was going to. I thought you'd like this one. Do you want this? There is now oh, a mini Tesla Cybertruck. It even has the broken glass. It's $400. Well, yes, it's a collector's item. But think how much cheaper it is than an actual Tesla Cybertruck. It, it's, it's not. I could pre-order a Tesla for a hundred dollars. I got a Tesla it's a, lock already. It's a remote control $400. vehicle, one tenth the size. It's not made out of metal. It's made out of plastic. Yeah, that's a little. It feels like that's a little. Over. There. I mean, two, two hundred, two fifty, maybe four hundred dollars. <laughs> like it's well, one there's a one sixty fourth model that's only twenty bucks though. Oh, oh, there's okay. a tiny okay. one for for twenty bucks. Yeah, I'll get that. So Hot Wheels is still a thing. That's pretty cool. Hot Wheels is forever a thing. I always they, wanted a Hot Wheels when I was a kid. They're definitely in the collector's market now, though. Yeah, a That's lot the of the yeah. things that you say come out are sort of special, exclusive to a certain brand. They do a lot of licensing of cars and stuff. So there's a and lot of, Ash, of adults buying stuff now. Hot Wheels now. Are, are my old ones worth anything then? Because I got yes. something in my parents' attic. Yes, I, should, they, okay. are, yeah. I was actually Man. at a toy store not that long ago, a used toy store that had vintage stuff. And they're, some of those old Hot Wheels in terrible condition are worth 50, 60, 70. Wow. In good condition, Glory. hundreds. What? Yeah, it's crazy. I got to go check stuff. 
Excuse me, Lori, what are you doing? Yes. Those Hot Wheels aren't worth anything. And if you want to send them to me, I'll send you a prepaid shipping package and you can ship them all out to me. I, I, oh, I, I, I couldn't imagine you getting two to three cents for those things. Uh, I mean, but I'll take them off your hand. If you want to get rid of their clutter enough I to add happen attic, to like Hot Wheels a lot, I'm going to do you a favor. I'll, send, I'll give you a buck. There we go. There we go. Lori, you're killing me out it's here. It's pure nostalgia. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, Owen J.J. Stone, even though he looks like Papa Smurf, is not going to miss a trick on this one. Thank you, Owen, for joining us. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure. IQMZ.com, his Raising a Ninja podcast with his daughter is so good. And I'm doing IQMZ Tech tomorrow. It'll be live. It won't be as good as this, but I try my best sometimes to talk tech. And uh, I'm coming out there in April, but now I'm scared. I was going to come hang out and do some shows live with you. I was yes. Yes, but now I'm, I'm thinking I'm saving some minties yeah. for you. No, see, I gotta. I'm gonna oh. have to have, have Lisa fumigate before I get there. I want the place to smell like Lysol and Clorox <laughs> before I get in there. You know, we could do this. Is what if if we were YouTubers, we could like uh, both have a minty and see who could talk first. That kind of thing <laughs> be fun. When I get out there, we're gonna be TikToking all week long. Be the minty now. challenge. There we Thank go. you, Owen. Always a pleasure. Great to see you. Thanks, too, to Lori Gill, who's doing double duty. She's going to be back on Tuesday for Mac Break yes. Weekly. She sings for Sickburn. She is managing editor at iMore.com. I'm doing her, it all. I'm a renaissance And her woman. significant <laughs> other has the softest hands. Of, <laughs> From using working hands. <laughs> yeah. We talked, are we, on, plugging, are we plugging something that you need was, a sponsorship did for? We get, did that make it into the show, Carson, on Tuesday? We were talking about... No, it didn't. Moisturizing. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I don't... But I, I, ever since I've been using Helping Hands, can you tell? Oh, great. Yeah. You are using it. Oh, it's yeah. nice, right? Much yeah. Yeah, very yeah. nice. <laughs> Thank you, Laurie Gill. Dan Morin, <laughs> I hope we didn't scare you. Come back soon. Be my pleasure. Uh, I can I can take this opportunity to plug my book because I'm, I'm an author as well as oh, a, yes. a writer and a podcaster. Right. Uh, yeah, so my most recent book, The Bayern Agenda, which is a science fiction spy novel, came out last year it's the sequel to it comes out in may pre-orders are open now on amazon and all fine bookstores uh from around the world so nice. check that out if you're interested and you also have the caledonian gambit yep that was my first novel from 2017 so they, and, make, a nice, uh, they make a nice little gift package the Bayern agenda is book one in the galactic cold war saga mm -hmm. so there'll be more more to, hopefully more to come number two is out in may so can't wait how is it writing? You like to you like writing novels? I love writing novels. One I wanted to do for my entire life, so I'm glad I get a chance to do it. It's hard work, though. I'll tell you that. I it's like kind of like relaxing work. with a little bit of podcasting. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I work at home, you know, and all my work is a little solitary. I enjoy the podcasting because it's like the only time I get to talk to people. Yeah. all day. <laughs> yeah, so, I know my how you feel. Uh, also, uh, regular on the uh, incomparable Jason Snell's podcast. He writes for SixColor.com. He and Micah do Clockwise. Uh, you also do the Rebound on Relay FM. And the Nerdy Game Show, Inconceivable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I hope, you, right. I hope you say it like that. Oh, indeed. Inconceivable. Thank you so much. Great to have you, Dave. Inconceivable. I do not think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> we do this week in Tech Sunday afternoons, 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern, 22.30 UTC. It's always a lot of fun. You can watch us do it live. There's a few ways. As I mentioned, we have a studio that's open to all. Our studio audience is always uh, very welcome. 
If you want to be here uh, on a Sunday afternoon, if you're in the Petaluma area, it's in Northern California, just email tickets at twit.tv. We'll put a chair out for you. Anywhere in the world, you can watch or listen to a live stream at twit.tv slash live. But of course, you know, I know, you got a life. We all have a life. So listen to the on-demand version. They call that thing a podcast. And you get all of our shows either from our website at twit.tv, in this case, twit.tv slash this week in tech i think actually just go to twit.tv click shows because that's the one url that's complicated you can also subscribe in fact i you would do me a favor subscribe to your audio or video on your favorite podcast player that way you'll get it every week and they'll get a little signal that hey maybe this show isn't dead so you know that's always good so <laughs> some, that was a little more negative than i planned subscribe <laughs> subscribe in your favorite podcast, we would love to see you at Bourbon and Branch on Wednesday. And I don't think anybody needs to wear a mask. No, it's just a nice bunch of people. But keep your hands off. They have very nice food. Please use tongs. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Another twit is in, is the, in can. the can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got like, we got my personal physician on the line, Dr. Mom, Lillian Banchik. Hello, Dr. Mom. Hey, Leo. Hi, guys. How's everybody doing? Are we all staying safe? Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, this is you're not an epidemiologist, but you but you're a physician. Correct. And you've been, you know, trained in all this stuff. Are, are they preparing at the hospital? Do they prepare for uh, influx of new patients and things or what? They're prepared for any kind of epidemic. What happens is they go into what's called an emergency mode. They have special triage centers. Somebody comes, if you go into a hospital right now and you're coughing and you have a fever, they're going to ask you, have you been in an international airport? Right. Have you been around people who've been overseas? And if the answer to any of those are yes, you're being stuck in a private room by yourself. Although, that, isn't that and about to change? Because it, it, it has been contained up to now in a few locations. But as time goes by and those people travel and stuff it's leaking out and i know does are those questions even germane anymore oh they are i have a friend of mine who's worked with the cdc and who in the past and she travels internationally and she's got a head cold right now and she's terrified yeah because she's coughing and they're asking her, have you been in an international airport yeah three times in the past month do you know people who've traveled overseas yeah she's afraid she's going to get stuck in the slammer for two weeks well maybe she should are she sure it's a head cold yeah, she's sure it's a head cold because the same one I got, she gave it to me. Are you sure it's a head cold? How yes, do you know? I'm sure it's a head cold. How could, couldn't it because be uh, the first signs of uh, COVID-19? Where's my Actually, Lysol? I, I got to turn my mic down. We is... can't get it through Skype, right? <laughs> Are you sure? No, but I will tell you, I flew up to um, San Jose on Wednesday and came back yesterday. Yeah. And I went through the San Diego airport, which is where they brought in all the yes. patients. Yes. Who were on that ship. Plus there was the some in, in San Jose, too. Yeah. The airport smelled of Clorox Eish. and Lysol. Eish. And everybody was wearing masks improperly. I had one guy wearing it. It was below his nose, which, of course, does you no good whatsoever. <laughs> and they're wearing gloves and everybody is paranoid. I want to buy. Tell me if I should buy this mask. This mask has a respirator. It has... Uh, eye protection. No virus is going to... It's $180. No virus is going to get in with this, right? 
No virus is going to get in, but I'll be very serious. People should not get that. Do you go scuba diving or have you ever gone scuba yes, diving? Yes, I have. Okay. That's like breathing through a mouthpiece. Ah. It is very difficult. People you have wouldn't want to wear it for really too long. The, yeah. No, you got to suck the air in and stuff. It's, it's hard like, work. A properly fit medical grade N95 works. That and gloves. So I found from the fires, I found a box of 3M N95 masks. Were, but you point out that N95 is kind of, uh, this is what I have. I bought these a while ago. Well, I sent you the link. I can shoot it over to you again of the CDC standards for what constitutes an N95. But it's got the check mark. It says it's N95. <laughs> yeah, there's N95 and there's N95. Well, that sucks. <laughs> We were just the talking about that. There's gold plated and there's gold plated. So is this? That's uh, right. This is really for people who are doing a lot of sanding. It's not. It's designed to. Yeah, it's designed to keep the dust and all that stuff out of your. Will room. it help if, 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 if I fit it right? If I put it over my nose and make sure there's no leakage on the on the edges, it will this help? Yeah, but wh where are you going to go to get the fit test? When I was working in the yeah. hospital, every six months, or if we lost more than ten pounds. Had dental work, anything like that, we had to go get remasked fit. Well, all okay. of those things will change. What about this? And, oh, doctor, the beard goes. You can't have a beard within ninety-five, <laughs> even if it's blue. Mm -hmm. No, you can't. You can't. It won't fit. Hey, I'm prepared to rip this thing off. This is a strap-on beard. You guys understand? <laughs> <laughs> what about to do whatever I need to do? To what survive. about this N95 that mask that has your face on it, so that you can still do face recognition? Which better not that work. Strikes me, that strikes <laughs> me as a joke. It is kind of a joke. I mean, yeah. I, the bottom line is if you're really serious about worrying about N95 and you work in a hospital emergency room, anywhere where you're going to have people coming in who are coughing and sick and who may have potentially been in contact with this, you want a mask that fits properly. You don't want a joke. No, you're but we're not in gloves. a hospital. We're just normal people who are worried I've got to go to a conference on Wednesday, the RSA conference. Already, Mobile World Conference was canceled. Uh, the uh, GDC, which is coming up, the Game Developers Conference, Sony and Facebook have pulled out. Sony has pulled out of PAX East. Uh, I feel like uh, the conferences are just as risky, are they? Did we start to they show? Absolutely. Sort of. <laughs> think, well, if you think about it, every time you go to CES, you get convention crud. Now, did you hear Venice canceled Carnival? Really? Now yeah. I'm now it's serious. Now this is serious. And Everybody's wearing those uh, those same. plague doctor masks. Isn't that good? Isn't that kind of a a, a, a mid, mid medieval N95 mask? Yeah, they were used to stuff them full of straw, thinking that that would get away the evil vapors. I'm waiting for Brazil to cancel it. The Tokyo Olympics oh, may get fried. What? But no, the president says the once it warms up. We don't have to worry anymore. <laughs> isn't that true? But the true? president doesn't believe in global warming, so it's never going to warm up. <laughs> no, ser but seriously, isn't doesn't this stuff go away in the summer? Is it, it's only a winter phenomenon. We don't. This is the problem. We don't know. Oh, we're screwed. Flu. If you're going to compare it to classic flu season, that's October through June. Okay. It's, maybe it's going to go away. Maybe it's not. The catch is. Remember, I told you on the tech guy show. We know that it came most likely from the pangolin, which is an Chinese animal that they, people eat over there. It has a shell like an armadillo. They use it for you know, making things out of. Once it got into humans, they were hoping it wouldn't jump from human to human. 
Well, it's jumping from human to human, and that's why we don't know what's going to go on. Much like the pangolin jumps from tree to tree. Exactly. But if it can jump from human to human and it keeps spreading, there you go. There's your pangolin. Don't eat that, Good folks. little guy. Stop it? eating them. No more Looks pangolins. Delicious. I don't. <laughs> so, Dr. Mom, for a person, normal person, who may be planning to go to a tech conference this week, i.e. me, <laughs> what should I do? A lot, of, a lot of Purell. Carry your hand sanitizer with you. Oh, I don't have to worry about airborne particles? No, no, I'm just giving you a list. Oh, you, you just started. You should wear a mask. I should, should wear, wear a mask. A, a mask. What kind of mask? Make sure it fits an N95. What you need to do is put so, it on your face. Yeah. Suck in and make sure that, you know, cover the vent. And it should suck go. Suck in and make sure it sucks. Yeah. It should suck it to should your face. It should be a seal. Yeah. It, right. So, Dr. Mom, I'm, sure I'm on the FDA gov website and they are suggesting n95 respirators for use by the public and they have listed out 3m particulate respirator and then they have some numbers behind them so that's the one i got i can wear that maybe not though because i'm doing just a general search on amazon right now and i can't find the one that specifies the number which is they're all sold out 70 f they're all sold out maybe why yeah so the numbers do yours have the number 8670 f or 8612 f no, mine's 8511. So you're saying that's not that's good? That's what I'm adequate. saying. That's not. Oh! That's not. Yeah, yeah. Nope, that's it's, no good. No! Yeah. <laughs> so I can't wear this. That's I have not- to, if I'm going to RSA, I have to put my head in a saran bag or something or what do <laughs> or I just go find that particular uh, um i thought masks model. Were, aren't the masks more effective for the, the people who already have the the disease and the risk of spreading it no. rather than well, since you almost touched your face four times there, no. The whole idea is we think Fair. we picked on you. People will touch the surfaces where right. the virus is on yeah, it. You shouldn't touch your face. You then touch mm-hmm. your face. You told me when you were in surgical ma- training, you were taught you were not to. But do you ever touch your face now, Doctor Mom? Force a habit? No. I'm either walking around with my hands up in the air like this, or you learn to walk around like this. Okay. Mm. So because you're holding that's your a good idea. Hands, so you I'm gonna wear. Anything. I'm gonna wear a kimono. So black people aren't gonna get sick because we're used to walking around like this with the cops all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! We're good. I'm not going good. there. I am not going there. All right. I, I can go there, Doctor Mom. Oh, Doctor can go there. You don't have to. I already. Yeah, went. he goes I'm there for you. All right. Well, Lillian, thank you. You've really not encouraged me at all. Your your advice in the chat room was you should not go. Yeah, Purell and a properly fitting N95 because unfortunately you're going to have people from all over and you do not know who's been exposed to what. Right. And we don't know how transmissible this thing is. That's the problem is there's a lot of unknowns right now. Yeah, exactly. So, but I can't, I'm not going to be able to find an N95 mask because they're sold out. The good ones are sold out. The hospital. Well, if you don't go on Amazon, like, maybe you can find it in a better, you know, like something more like medical specific or uh, something like that. No. That's your problem. I, as I said, I have friends who work with the CDC, WHO and such. And one friend of mine who actually used to go into the caves in Kazakhstan and smuggle in vaccines to the kids. And she says, you can't get the real ones right now for love or money. In other oh, words, wow. the hospitals have them. They are hoarding them. What they wow. do is in the hospitals, they'll put you into a negative pressure room where you sit in the room and all the air is sucked in and then out through a HEPA filter. So... Anything that you breathe in there doesn't get out to the rest of the people. So you go into negative pressure. Wait a minute. My 8511 is okay. I just found that on the C- C- 
C- CDC website. It says, uh, okay. it says yes. Okay. It, oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Then just wear, I would, I would seriously wear that mask there. Anytime you're going to a group where, now on the other hand, I don't listen to my own advice. I was just at a knitting convention where there were people from all over the world. And we're all sitting there coughing and sneezing and talking to each other. None of us were you wearing can't masks. Get, you can't get coronavirus from knitters. Well, yes, you <laughs> You'd can. be surprised. All right. Here's the instructions. I'm going to read these. I'm going to – you think they're going to mock me at our uh, – we're having an event at uh, the LastPass event on Wednesday after, after uh, RSA. They think they're going Put to a mock. LastPass logo on the front I'll do that. There you go. <laughs> and how about shaking hands? Probably shouldn't do that. I would – do you have um, a lot of uh, Purell or other hand yeah, sanitizer? Yeah, I have hand sanitizer. Is that good enough? How? F- it's very good as long as you use it. Now, listen, it has to dry. Don't, it's don't. not good wet. So, In other words, put it on, rub it around, but then you have to let then, it dry. Then hold your hands like this effective. and let it dry. And hold your hands like this or like this. They say like th- it has to stay wet for 30 seconds to kill the virus. Right. But the point is it's also not effective while it's wet. It's once it finishes drying that you know you're good. Okay, so folks, and make if, sure you really rub it in. If you come to our last pass party, expect an elbow bump. That's elbow all you're going to get. I'll be the guy with the bane mask on. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty, that you know, works. yeah. Oh no, I'm going to do that. And and John's giving me. I'm going to take my Purell with me, so I'm I'm ready at all times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you're going to be drinking that. Yeah, how much? How much of that you have to drink before you're really? <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Mom.